Geek Shock. Geek Shock. That's actually, how that works in that chair. It's actually from the yeah. UK. What's the, that? With the UK the chair? from the UK. Okay. Yeah. I have to say, that red nose looks perfect on you. Yeah. <laughs> it has a. That, on, that, you, on you, it's great. It has an unusual odor. It has, what does it smell like? Yeah. Uh, I would. You have to smell his because I have a cold and I don't want to. Whoa, smell Jeff's. I'm Whoa, not, I've, hey, I've, hey, I've, wait, listen. wait, wait, wait. You can smell your nose. All right, we, Jeff. We smell enough of each other's stuff around here. Whoa. <laughs> Well, no. only on Thursdays. I can't think of a qu- yes. I can't think of a quicker way to transfer a cold than to swap noses. <laughs> <laughs> See another weather today. It's an Eskimo a bit, cold. A little bit. Okay. So had a nice nap. Don't kiss Andy. Oh come here. on, nobody. You got the red eyes. There's no tongue. Oh, do I get the nose? Oh, this I get to smell the yeah. nose. Yeah. I just opened it, so it's it's an odd odor. Jeff just opened that it. That is an so. odd. Hashtag nose. smell the nose. <laughs> smell the nose. <laughs> <laughs> that's the name of the new. That's the new name of the episode, right there. There you go. Well, nose. There is a reason why your voice might be affected if you're wearing a nose. I'm fine. <laughs> it's pitching my nose very much. Red Nose Day is all about having fun, raising money, and changing lives. Yep. Oh, that's the Geek Shock mantra. Yeah. Speaking of, welcome to Geek Shock number Yay. 336. I am Master Torgo. I'm the 80- famous Paul. Oh, Jesus oh, sorry. Christ. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. No, I'm not. You're channeling it through the 80s yeah. Jeff. Commander K. Back check Dandy. Maple Leaf Matt. And we're here to talk Weekend Geek. Yes, Paul had to do a rehearsal this evening. But we're, we're not rehearsing. We're, this is the real thing. To teach him not to fall off the stage? Yeah, he well, has to rehearse where the edge of the stage is. <laughs> <laughs> you would think the reflective tape would help. And what a hell of a week to miss, because I, my show notes have never been this long. It's That's what she said. It's been very exciting. But before we get into show notes, gentlemen, what did you do this week? I need to know. Well, so, uh, I watched Game of Thrones. Did that, did that now, does that mean you're all caught up now to where this current season is? Yep. Wow. Impressive. I hear it's a little murdery. I am <laughs> caught up as well. Rapey, too. Now, we are caught Excellent. up. I, but, uh, you know, a great digression. Uh, I got caught up accidentally. <laughs> what? What are you talking about? Because I'm one of the idiot stalwarts that still subscribed, past tense, to Entertainment Weekly. Yep. If you're unaware, uh, Entertainment Weekly, just four days after the airing of the latest episode no. at the time mm-hmm. of Game of Thrones... A, put a major spoiler in large headlines on the cover Whoa. of their magazine. A monster. I mean, there's been times that EW has spoiled things on the inside, mm-hmm. whether on sometimes in a headline, sometimes within a story, whatever. But and, and usually before that thing is out. On the front of the magazine. Wow. So I, I dropped that like a hot diary. I did not want anything to do with that magazine anymore, so I canceled my subscription today because this is the first day I've been able did, to get Did you it. record that conversation or did you do it all online? Uh, they, don't, yeah, they don't have the phone number posted. They don't uh, want that conversation. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I had to write the stern email. Mm. You man for their spoilers, girl. Mm. So, but, yeah, I've, I've been a subscriber to them for years and I still enjoy the magazine. I will miss it because it does keep me informed of what's coming up, things that I miss it occasionally. But <laughs> I, I, I had to like... weigh the two. I had to weigh the two. And that's just such a jackass move. 
And now investigative reporter, ask him how many times Entertainment Weekly has spoiled things for him. And I've told him to stop re- reading it before he gets to a thing. The answer is three, running. three times before you have to ask the question. Yeah. Can you just tear the page off for him <laughs> if you're already reading it? See, the thing is, he knows he has not watched something, yet will still dive deep into Entertainment Weekly, which is full of spoilers. Yes, it is, it is. It's just its nature. And I will agree with you on 100% on that. However, this is the cover. You are spoiled in the bookstore before you even, you don't have now, to buy the this magazine pr- This particular spoiled. one I do the, agree the, with you the, on. The what? Sorry? The what? Oh, the bookstore. Oh. We used to have those once oh. upon a time. They were great. Uh, they were great. Uh, actually, I actually went to a bookstore Saturday. Back Come on, Andy, you remember? They were that yes, great invention shortly after books. With the scrolls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's take a moment for poor Alexandria. Anyway, mm. uh, you went to a bookstore, like a good one, or just a bookstore? Um, the one on Charleston, the big, uh, the giant monster bookstore with the uh, coffee shop in it. The Barnes and Noble, I think it is. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah, I, it is I, I, I forget which one of them went under, but it's no, the other uh, one. Borders, Borders went Borders under. Went yeah. under yeah. Walden Books went under. Right. Reader's World went under. Which one are we referring to now? Yeah. Yeah. Barnes and Noble, the stalwart that's left, that's now. Yep. Staying alive because they also carry games and toys. Mm-hmm. The Tower Wow. Well, also like their E. Their e uh, the Tower too. Wow was great. Yeah. Oh yes, the Nook is doing so well. It's something. I'm just saying. There's oh. some idiots out there with the Nook. I, I believe I. I <laughs> <laughs> really, Todd? Are there any idiots out there with a Nook? Not, not that I've met. Um, they have discontinued the Nook. Uh, they have now shepherded out the Nook. Applications and all of its inner workings to a third party. Yeah, okay. Samsung I, I was making the last the last Nook. It was a quote unquote Nook version of their Galaxy Tab S. Okay. So it was it so was still a Tab S, but still. it had it had like the proprietary Nook app on it. And by buying it, you got special deals. On. It's dying a zombie's death. It's yeah. rotting slowly and just waiting for the bullet to the head. Uh, there's two e-readers basically. You've got the Kindle, which everyone knows, and the Kobo, which has the like the rest of the world's market. So those are your e-readers. Choose one of the two, you will be happy. Well, Choose the and, Nook. Well, Barnes and Noble had announced uh, was it six months ago? I think that they were not going to do any further development on Nook software and or so. So this this last version of the Nook that Samsung put out is probably the last one. And and, and of course I'm you know talking shit. Because I still use a Zune, so. Well, they <laughs> are you still? Did you get a replacement? I did not get a replacement. I Frankensteined that son of a bitch nice. back to life, gave it a few shocks, and now it's back. It's alive. It's, yeah, it's it's working again. Weird and I want to thank everybody on mm. Shock Monkey's Lair and on Twitter who who offered to sell me their Zune or, or, or give me the. Uh, uh, iPod that was extremely generous. Yeah, you but, missed, I, but I am good. I'm good now. You missed the bra on his head while he was resurrecting. Oh, wow. It was. It was. <laughs> you can get the iPod yeah. Mini Frog. Nothing now because nobody wants them. Well, you have to buy them third party because they don't make them anymore. Right. So that that's us using MP3 players. That's a relic of the past. Mm. I've become an old man. Welcome to the club. Yes. So long as we're on I, books. I, I, I want a talk. I want a box. That you that is the magic talking radio box. That's what I want. Mm-hmm. Well, as long as we're on books, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna say the uh, I got my contributors' copies uh, this uh, week of The River Above by Gregory Adams, and that's what I have. And right that's here, what I just right? gave you, yeah. Um, and uh, it's he's a friend of mine. He actually uh, went, was in school with my brother, but he wrote some really great short stories. And I got to illustrate a couple of them, and it's available on Amazon. Great illustrations. I'm peeking yeah. through here. Yeah. 
Uh, the River Above, Gregory Adams is the name of the author. A small Massachusetts town suffers, suffers dozens of mysterious disappearances. Chesapeake Bay is the last refuge from The Walking Dead. Flying saucers invade Hollywood. A demon in Harvard Square uses a chessboard as an instrument of torment. And something is very wrong with the lemon farm of Burberry County, Maine. Yeah, I like this. Yeah. I'm already in. Yeah, the, the first story is a zombie story. that I, one, of the, one of the stories I was in, a zombie story, which is just a great take on the zombie story and it thrilled me when I read it. That's good to hear because, let's face it, zombies are being played out. Even people who write zombies are tired of writing zombies. Mm. It's true. Well, this, is, this is a definitely a different take. What was it? Vampires before, like a couple years back now, it's zombies. What do you think it's going to be next? Mummy, go back to the old days? <laughs> Wolfman? I'll, I'll be impressed if Mummy, mummy takes Wolfman on. Mummy, Wolfman or something? Um, Emo I, kids. You know what? Uh, werewolf could be a possibility. Werewolf is definitely a possibility. I could see that coming back as a big thing. Wolfman's got nards. Nice. Very nice. <laughs> what else to do, gentlemen? Saw Civil War. Okay, yeah, Saw Civil War. As we as we tend to do with sh- movies that have just been released, uh, we won't talk spoilers, but we will give impressions. What, we won't EW this shit? No, 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 no. Next week after I have seen it. And Spoiler Paul, alert, it made a lot of money. And Paul is back. We will discuss it in a deeper context. But I do want your impressions, gentlemen. What do you think? Um, as always, they did a great job of juggling a ton of characters and giving them all the little moments, but it still remains a cap movie. It's very cool. Yeah. So it is a cap movie when it comes yes. down to it. Yeah. I, I'd i say it's equally a cap movie and Iron Man movie, though. It's it's well, the, the, it's a stark it's a stark centric. Well, it is on the poster picture as well as a it's a major conflict. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I liked it. I wasn't bowled over by it. I wasn't, uh, you know, like, holy shit, this is the best thing ever like I was when I got out of uh, Winter Soldier. But, uh, yeah, it, it's it's a good, I guess, bridge to the next big event, which is going to be uh, Infinity War. Okay, of all the Marvel movies thus far, rank it. Number what? It's in the top five. Top five, uh, but yeah. can, you, can you narrow it from there? Hmm. And my, my list goes like this. Captain America Winter Soldier, first Iron Man, uh, the first Avengers, maybe this one Civil War, then followed by the first Thor. Okay. That's I don't, I'm not That's really not sure how to rank it, uh, to be honest, because I've, I've really enjoyed a lot of the, the, the pivotal movies that really set up you know, major changes in the, in the universe. This one, while it set up changes in the universe going forward... I didn't, you know, really get bowled over by it. Um, I would replace Thor with Ant Man in my list. I'm thinking of it. See, I really liked Ant Man though. Yeah. I, I, I really enjoyed Ant Man. Yeah. No, that's what I'm saying. He's, he he put it he put it in the, as, as number five. Okay. He, put, he put Thor as number five. I would. Put I'd I'd five. almost hesitate to say that would drop out of my top five with wow. the Marvel films. With this with this particular one. <clears throat> yeah. I'm not saying don't go see it. Oh no, it's no, a great no, movie. No. I. Because there are certainly elements in there that are very necessary to know yeah. going forward. I can't rank it that way. It, yeah, I, I have can't a hard either. Because I also find myself, I'll ebb and flow with the movies in terms of personal likes. So I can't even really rank like that. Um, I mean, Matt, I think, has it pretty close in terms of the sheer quality. Mm-hmm. Um I I was I'm still to this day blown away that Winter Soldier was so goddamn good. 
Yeah. And maybe for me it was just the surprise of low expectations because I just figured the Cap movies were knockoff fillers. Yeah. So when Winter Soldier came out and was a magnificently executed, you know, 70s political thriller, yeah. it blew my fucking mind. Mm-hmm. And it punched you in the gut, too, because it was like you weren't expecting it. You were just, right. you know, you're going in for the ride, you know, right. expecting a pretty good Marvel movie, and they completely flipped that entire cinematic universe yes. on its head. Yeah. Right. In in yeah. in in a twenty minute sp- sync now s- now now, f- now for me the whole Hydra thing in that regard it wasn't as big it's just that it was so it was so well executed I just yeah. thought it was so well done the three, yeah. the three but it was done well. so so <laughs> green light <laughs> for me Civil War didn't quite hit that note but yeah. I still enjoyed the hell out of the movie the th- it just wasn't as and considering that it's the same directing team. I just yeah. I felt that that you know it said something that it I don't think it was quite as well. Do you think done. it was just too unwieldy because there were so many characters? No, no, no. no I'm not going to do that. I'm. Uh, I personally felt the balance between yeah. the different. I don't think that had anything to do with any problems. Okay. Bringing characters that have barely had any screen time. It just in. didn't punch. Yeah, it yeah. didn't punch the way Avengers did. You know, uh, it didn't punch the way Iron Man one did because it, it doesn't. Was, it was the big surprise. We didn't expect, you know, to have a superhero movie that was going to go to that level. Well, doesn't tug big, at your heartstrings. They don't it doesn't make a, you get all emotional about you know things that are happening to the characters. There's no He's, big supervillain. There's no army to fight. They're yeah, just fighting themselves. Yeah, which that, is a little little bit. And that one's tough. That, that one's tough. And yeah. somebody even said on Twitter, one of our guys said on Twitter. That he has a problem with the whole heroes fighting heroes thing, which I think actually, I mean, that could be even more loaded. That could be even more emotionally mm-hmm. charged. And it had a lot of that. I mean, what they were building with Cap and Bucky and the, the triangle with Iron Man, everything you've seen in the trailer, you know, no spoilers, is, is pretty good. I think um, there's a great arc between the three, the three Cap movies. Yeah. I guess we'll have to continue next week. Of course, yeah, you know you're with, right. So we yeah. can go further into yeah. some of the things that I, I, I didn't quite, quite like. And you know, I wanted more vision. Mm. Yeah, you're you're a big Vision fan, though. I'm a big Vision fan, though. So gosh, he what got are you a fair do? amount of screen time this this go around, though. I, he I'd did, hesitate he to say and, more than. And there's nice stuff between him and Wanda. I don't yeah. ever mm-hmm. know that they'll go the whole mm-hmm. route that they did in the comics. Oh, I'm sure they will. But they touched on it, which is which is kind of nice. Yeah. And I don't think it's any spoiler to let you know. It, uh, Black Panther, really. I I am really looking forward to the Black Panther movie. Yeah. Chadwick Boseman. Yeah, he nailed it. I, oh, I have to definitely say boy. that. He hmm. got the character. He makes me want to see that fucking Holland, movie. Right? The the new kid that's Holland. playing. Yeah. The Spider-Man. Yeah, 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 dude. He nails that personality gonna, as well. Oh, I almost want to be with you to watch you <laughs> yeah. watch. Yeah. Those moments, because so you can experience it through me all once again. Yeah, you know that newness. You can only watch it the first time one time. Because I'm also looking forward to the. I'm also looking forward to the Spider-Man movie because of this. Right, I was say much like the uh, the Daredevil, the Punisher. I'm uh, this this Spider-Man. I want to watch. Yeah, sexy Aunt May. Sex Aunt May was a little weird, but yeah. You know what? You know what? People are people are going off on Marissa Tomei being Aunt May, right? Okay, and. It's really funny because, one, somebody pointed out, guys, Peter's a teenager. Mm-hmm. 
What was the bi- this business with the fucking elderly aunt who looked like she was in her 90s in the first place? <laughs> mm-hmm. That's a good point. Which is like a good point. Second, I actually, I think you guys, you might have seen me play with this on Twitter. Um, Felicia Day had posted a, a thing about she just read an audition side. A 35-year-old actress aging out of work. And she's like, fuck you, Hollywood. And I read that, and then I thought of all the criticism of 51-year-old Marissa Tomei being hot Aunt May. So I actually threw that in there with, uh, so hooray for Marissa no. Tomei being a hot Aunt May. Yeah. And it's like, when if you sit there and dig, dig around and think about it, it makes sense, the age. And right. it's also, it's also, aren't people complaining that there aren't, attractive let's be hot older woman parts and then when one comes up people piss bitch and moan <laughs> yeah are they bitching and moaning because it's not gray-haired grandma may i think i, I think I, that's probably yeah. what it is, I, is I it, just it, threw me at first I'm like oh ah, all right i won't say but, it flies know, in the I convention to the, once i gave it some thought yeah. i was like yeah you know you, you i mean might, a 15 year old kid how old is his oldest aunt going to right. be you must yeah. have seen the uh it's the amy schumer the amy schumer bit with the uh um actresses aging out no. Oh, man. Uh, no, but I, I, yeah. Yeah, it's a bunch of, it's, it's real actresses sitting around a picnic table and somebody, and Amy Schumer walks up on them. Tina Fey. Yes. Amy Poehler. Right. You do remember now. And they're celebrating their last fuckable day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and it, that's it, the last fuckable day, right? Mm. <laughs> Amy Schumer's amazing. Yeah, she is. So, well, yeah, go see it if you haven't seen it and see it again if you have. I'll probably end up seeing it again, seeing if there's something I missed, and you oh, know, yeah. maybe I'll feel different about it the second time. But so my experience with Silver was a 4D affair. Oh, wait, wait. 4D? <laughs> what are you talking four, about? Four, oh, 4D. Oh, do fourth wall, bro. Oh, I, I have to know. And I'm looking across at Mr. Fact Check. Oh so yeah. So here we are. What is it? 7:30. Movie starts at 7:30. No, Andy, <laughs> who, to be seen. Who's, who's all together here? Uh, Commander K, Major Ma, and his wife. Major Ma. Major Ma. Major <laughs> Ma. Major Ma. That's a Canadian pronunciation. Yeah, my yeah. wife, Paulette, and, um, you know, myself, obviously. Right. And Andy's showing up. Now, uh, I fixed it because Paulette has been buying the tickets because we go to Galaxy, which is reserved seating. Sure. Right. Paulette and Matt have been buying the tickets on their account. We all pay them. We get the tickets when we get there, blah, blah, blah. And as a result, Andy and I have frequently been on the outside Paulette and Matt have been in the dead center of our little section of seating. <laughs> I don't know. This is how. <laughs> so this time, I made sure that Andy and I were in the center. Then, because uh, we are an old married couple, Lewis and his <laughs> wife are on one side, and Paulette and Matt are on the other. So Stephanie, Lewis, myself, open seat. Matt and Paulette come in. Paulette sits down, and Matt looks at his seat and the empty seat that's to be Andy, and he's like, "Oh shit, <laughs> I gotta sit like I really, exactly, really." That's exactly he's, what I said. Yeah, it just he's got. And Lewis was like, "Oh yeah, should we take a pool? And how soon he gets spilled on?" And we just laughed and chuckled about it. Oh, Matt, ha ha ha. The uh, previews start rolling. In comes Andy. Got a Bavarian pretzel. Some, I don't know, what was it? Guinness? Guinness. Guinness, mm. yep. <laughs> okay, I'm like, okay, here comes Andy. Look, look, not a sippy cup. Oh, shit. <laughs> Sits down. No, comfy. doesn't even sit. He puts his cup in the cup he holder. Puts it, yep. Spills it all over my leg. <laughs> <laughs> he thinks I'm joking. I did. 
We did. We heard that. We heard this. Are, seriously? Really? Seriously? <laughs> Lewis and I look over, and Matt actually looks a little hot. He looks a little uh, upset. I was so mad. So mad that Paul goes, just relax. Because <laughs> I wanted to murder you. <laughs> and you're like, oh, here's some napkins. I'm like, I'm going to need more than that. Because you actually spilled like, like a good inch of beer on my leg. It's a sad place of Guinness. <laughs> <laughs> the beer distribution industry in Las Vegas applauds you mm. for your replacements. Yes. Oh, God. That was just good. Lewis and I were dying. And then he's like, you want some of my pretzel? I'm like, shut up. Just watch the goddamn movie. <laughs> you already got some beer. Yeah, where's the small baby's worth of pretzel? Those are huge pretzels. <laughs> yeah, I know. Did you get the it's salted? It's a premium pretzel. Did you no. get the Okay, yeah. because I got the salted. Mm. Wow. That's like a salt lick carved in the shape of a pretzel. <laughs> Don't do the salted pretzel at Galaxy Luxury in Henderson, Las Vegas, Nevada, folks. Jesus. Yeah, I always get the unsalted, too. Yeah. Oh, my God. Unsalted. So you almost yeah. had the, the Geek Shock Civil War before. Right. Yeah. Oh, God. I was lit. I was. <laughs> and somebody in the Shock Monkeys lair said, you know, oh, what, are you, you know what, what are you doing sitting on Andy's drinking side? And I, and I responded, you fools. Every side is my drinking side. <laughs> <laughs> Should be every side is your spill zone. Mm. There you go. I have a splash zone for about three seats around me. <laughs> Andy, I believe you, it. Yeah, you poncho should, section around you should, him. You should uh, just come with your own rack of ponchos to give out to people. <laughs> <laughs> uh, excuse me, sir. Just take this. Don't worry about it. Yeah. But I'd spill them on him while I was putting them in the poncho. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> what, is Gallagher coming? No, Andy. <laughs> Wait, this thing's already wet on the inside. Yeah, Andy. <laughs> An Andy poncho. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, so that was my Civil War. Just settle down. Uh, my Civil War, I went to go see uh, David Cross, as I yeah. threatened last week. Nice. I got the ticket, got to see him. He was amazing. Nice. David Cross is such a great wit. Mm. However. Uh-oh. 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 I don't know what the fuck is wrong with Las Vegas audiences. Yes, I do. I actually oh, okay, do know okay. what's wrong. The audience just wasn't having it. They just weren't into it. Like like halfway through, he, he like just stopped, grabbed a sip of water. And just looks out at the audience, just goes, when I saw the list of tour dates, I saw Las Vegas, and I was like, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> he's just, then he continued on with his mm. <laughs> But, yeah, it's just, it's, I mean, you could, the fans were smattered throughout because you could hear us laughing, but we were the only mm. ones, basically. Everyone else was just confused as hell. And it, it was maddening. He, he did not have a good effect. Where's his puppet? Oh, <laughs> I, you know, that is a huge problem out here. We get that that mix of different types of shows and the mix of audiences that, you know, maybe they got a decent deal on the tickets. Now, here's what it is. I, I had the same experience when I saw the reunion of Benfolds 5 at, okay. the, at the Palms. Uh, it, again, they played their hearts out, but because of the energy of the not-so-receptive audience, right. mm -hmm. uh, it harmed the show. Ugh. And by the end of it, you could tell that the guys were just done with it. Yep. Well, I mean, th that's what I mean. The, uh, the right. audiences is such a mixed bag right. at but all here's these the shows. Thing. These on only happen at... This doesn't happen like at House of Blues and so on, places that are known for having right. niche mm -hmm. things. Right. This happens in casino places because yeah, casino casinos 
give away the comps. Right. They give the hey, you're gonna you're gonna come here. Here's a free show for playing all that money on poker while you were here. And so they stack the places, and you can see yep. the empty seats of ones they went didn't give away. It's, it's at every it's show. Ten percent people that want to see the show, and ninety well eighty percent sure uh, people that got given tickets. That's that's exactly and it. then ten percent so, empty seats. It's right. like oh well, so we have this ticket, so let's go see what this is. Yep. Oh, oh David Cross. Oh he uh, he was a he was in that uh, Garfield movie. So or, let's, or uh, you have some asshole that's passing out cards on the strip yeah. saying, "Go see this show." You know, hey, yeah. no, here's twenty dollars off, <laughs> mother. Hey, now what the hell, losers? <laughs> get a real job. <laughs> Go to my timeshare resort. <laughs> I saw David Cross, amazing. Vegas audiences at casinos, awful. Yeah. Brooklyn Bowl. Brooklyn Bowl is another venue that, where that, you can see where yes. they're, they're into it. That's a perv. If David Cross was at the Brooklyn Bowl, it, it would have been great. Amazing. Well, yeah. that's yeah. That's that's not a venue where they give tickets away, though. Right. I mean, right. that's that's a venue you have to go there because you want to see that. So where did you see him at? Which what, what's the hotel? This is at the Joint at Hard Rock. Yeah, okay, that's uh, that's right. that's the problem. Yeah. Right there. The, what's the seating comparison? I know nothing about Brooklyn Bowl. So what is the seating comparison? There is no seating. At the Brooklyn Bowl, they actually don't have seating. Yeah, the Brooklyn Bowl, but they also don't have comedians, so it's kind right. of a moot thing. But okay, but well, you thank have... you for bringing that up, yeah. Andy. <laughs> so if you can I'm kind of the audience, it, the audience was completely into the show. You have a stage, a big open area, and then off to the left of the stage alley, right? is a bowling alley, right. and not just one row, but the bowling alley on the main floor as well as on the floor above. Where the fuck is this? Uh, uh, the, link, the link. The link. Because uh, oh, the link. I saw Sebastian Bach at Brooklyn Bowl because uh, uh, my buddy's band was opening for Sebastian Bach, so I got I actually got to go see the show for free. Um, the best way, <laughs> and it's funny because I one of those I free have, fuckers with the ticket who doesn't appreciate mm, what he's watching. I I actually enjoyed myself; <laughs> it was a lot of fun. But I had my earplugs in because I was too close to the speaker set, right? So I was like, you know, in, I was still be able to hear the music very well. But I swear to God, I'm hearing live bowling going on yep. while the music is being played. Yeah, see, it I, was just a it was a really bizarre contrast. Of I guess sounds. it's because you're that close to it on that side. Yeah, we yeah. were in the center, uh, fairly close for Yellow right. Wolf, and yeah. I didn't hear bowling at all. Well, I was moving around too because I was backstage in the upper area that they had closed off just for the, you know, the bands that were performing that night, uh, and then also I was downstairs and. So I was all over the place, but it was just, it was bizarre when you're on the main floor. Because you're right, in the center, it's not too bad. And if you're on the far uh, right-hand side of the, the venue, you don't really hear the bowling as much. But if you're just slightly to the left of center or far left of center, you have that mix of the sounds of bowling and the sounds of music being played live <laughs> Here's our life I think that may be the, the first time Matt and I shared a private joke yeah. <laughs> <laughs> with and strikes so I have heard <laughs> <laughs> but I caught it too yes yep. <laughs> I mean it's surreal enough seeing it right. without hearing it but but Brooklyn Bowl is actually a very good venue. To no, see it, and acts. they've got some amazing, amazing concerts that go yep. through there. Yeah, I, I saw the, I saw Deftones there. There nice. you go. Yeah. I saw nice. Gogo Bordello play there, and the opening act was every bit as good. It was um, Jessica Hernandez, who just amazing. All right, yeah. Those are always the best show when the opening act just yeah. It's like I I've never it. heard of this person before, and I want to hear more of her. 
That's yeah. see, that's <clears throat> nice because I had the opposite experience when I went to see They Might Be Giants when Per Ubu opened. Uh, oh no! Oh, the the audience wanted to strangle him because he he had a theremin. <laughs> Whoa! <Yeah. laughs> and what what was not using it to the best of his ability? Mm. You know, I, I think. This bringing this up makes me think of uh, the first like huge major concert I ever saw was uh, back in 1992. I went and saw the Zoo TV outside broadcast tour um, with U2. One of the last of the big with U2 mega 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 production. I mean, you're talking like they had hundreds of TV screens, all kinds of stuff going on. It was an immersive experience. There was like this. Uh, video confessional that you did beforehand that you could go up and they would post that stuff. Big, huge production. Well, just to show you the interesting contrast of opening bands, they had the Sugar Cubes back when Bjork was still with them, which was actually kind of cool because I wasn't familiar with them at that time. Because, I mean, I literally had just graduated high school, just started college. So this was the first time I was being exposed to what would have been called alternative music back Mm -hmm. then. Followed by the disposable heroes of hypocrisy. I barely was, remember that name. It was now. it they, this bizarre rap group, and it was a, a, a mix of I can't even describe it. It was it was rap and oh, some music, <laughs> uh, and there was this guy that had a chain, and he was banging on this hood of this car that they had up there throughout the thing. Oh, that's uh, now I'm I, a cheery. Did, mm. I had no. What was going on? I would love to find some video of this somewhere. Disposable heroes of hypocrisy. Hypocrisy. Nice. Yes. Uh, yeah. So it was like it was like oh this is cool leading in with the sugar cubes and then all of a sudden this kind of bizarre rap song group that I had never heard of that just. They just maybe weren't a great live band. I, I don't know. I don't know. know. Banging a chain yeah. on a car sounds great live. Yeah. But uh, and Makes then you- and then rolled into you too. But yeah, it was it was it was it was a maybe mixture like, of well, ups maybe, and downs. Are you like, sure it wasn't like Pendulette where he plays bass up front? That no. was actually you two. <laughs> no, it was <laughs> definitely crazy. not. Okay. It's amazing what like bookies and agents think when they when they put a show like that together because I have an experience like that too. Yeah. Uh, back in 04, I went and saw the Rolling Stones. Okay. Yeah. SARS stock in Toronto. Okay. When we had the SARS outbreak, so they got all these... SARS. Yeah, SARS. <laughs> SARS stock. SARS stock. Well, it was... It. <laughs> that's what... <laughs> SARS stock. <laughs> SARS. Rolling Stones was the headliner. ACDC was there. Nice. Rush was there, which is my favorite band, Rush. I love right. Rush. And it was opened with the Flaming Lips, Sass Jordan, and... They threw Justin Timberlake in there. Okay. Wow. So he actually left the stage, middle fingers up, because people were throwing water bottles, rocks, everything at him. Mm-hmm. Wow. But I'm like, what were you thinking when you ACDC rush? Right. It's the Rolling it's, Stones. That, that, not that, a that, very temperate it, audience. Yeah. It's interesting. <laughs> and what's, what's weird too is Timberlake like, is a fan of all of those bands yeah. too. Yeah. That's why so, he did it. He I'm sure. Like, yeah. I'm sure he was glad to be yeah. there at first. But yeah. <laughs> but they're throwing <laughs> oh, bottles yeah. and stuff. So he's he's up there dancing. He's incorporating dodge moves in his dances. <laughs> so they like. That's he's impressive. Like, oh, you know. And then he's like finally like he's like fuck you Toronto just. Wow. And the band's like. Uh, do we stop playing now too? And they finally and it was like, awesome. Yeah. I love it. Blur, blur, yeah. I'm yeah. actually upset. I missed Rush when they were here back in July oh, because yeah. Rush is awesome. because yeah, Rush, it's done. 
the the, the group is I done. And I'm like, I, I kept, sighed. I was thinking to myself, I was like, well, you know, they're they they're here at least once a year. I'll get to see them next year. And <laughs> God damn it, yep. no like can't I do it no more. I'm looking at my Prince tickets going. I can't even sell these now. Did you guys <laughs> see the? <laughs> too soon. That's too soon. Did you guys see the lineup? There's like there's like a geezer con in uh, um, somewhere in California. Geezer uh, con, but it, it, like Rolling Stones are playing. Uh, there's this whole long They're list. Awful live, by the way. They're awful uh, there, live. There's this whole long really? list. I looked yeah. through the list. I'm like, well, the year we're having, what's the over under on? <laughs> oh, I, yeah, I, you posted that on yeah. Facebook. Yeah, <laughs> the over under of them all making yeah, it I mean, to it the was show. A, it was a ton of. It was like eight different bands. I want to know. Yeah, it was like it was playing. like McCartney. It was like Paul yeah, McCartney. In it, Paul oh McCartney, yes, yes. Uh, the Rolling who? Stones. The Who. The yep. Who. Yeah. The two. I should say the two remaining members of the Who. Yeah, you should see it. It was like it's gonna sell like in two minutes. That's an insane lineup. Yes. Oh my god! <laughs> I want to go to it, but I mean, I'm, I, won't, I won't be able to afford the, the world. The world yeah. wants to there go. Were a few, to it. There were a few it's other like ones bucks. that, that you you would know, you'd be like, oh my god, they're still touring. That, right. Yeah, that kind of thing. <laughs> it's like eight classic like, rock. Like, like opens with the Kingsman. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's like eight iconic classic rock bands. Eight iconic ones. Yeah. Wow. The other thing I think is like if Deep Purple came out and did like the open, it was the opening <laughs> act. It'd be like, good lord. <laughs> I uh, for some reason see Jonathan Colton. I, I went to my uh, my buddy Doug, and I'm like, I, you know, Doug said it, and I said, hey, I'm going to go see John Colton on San Diego. You want to come out with me? I said, yeah, sure. So we're out there. We're actually we're actually in the venue. Okay. We're actually in the venue waiting for the show to start. And I turned to him and going, man, I'm so excited about seeing Jonathan Colton. I keep forgetting that he's just opening for the They Might Be Giants. He goes, what? <laughs> this makes me matter about my pair Ubu story. <laughs> so your Prince tickets, you got to frame those. Uh, they might be worth something someday. No, they're not. Not fooling anyone. <laughs> well, I finished the uh, the the prequel to the Force Awakens, the the novel that I borrowed from before Paul, the Awakening. Before the Awakening. Okay. And I am confused. Okay. I, um, I don't know why they released this book on the same day as the Force Awakens. This book would have better one sold, and two done the audience a favor if they had released it a month earlier. There's nothing in this book that's a spoiler except maybe an introduction of these characters. Right. But it does nothing to spoil the plots of Force Awakens for these characters. And in fact, the Poe story does more to clarify who the Resistance is versus the First Order versus the New Republic and their various roles in the universe than the movie does. With uh, about two paragraphs. And when I was done with the poster, I was like, oh, okay, now I got more an idea that it's it's more of a Romulan Federation kind of thing. Where there's like a neutral zone that they, they just can't, that they're, they're treated not to pass. And they, and of course the, uh, I already forgot their name. The new First, first Order. First Order. The First Order uh, ignores that all the time. But the New Republic can't go past their treaties, so the resistance is there to deal with the First Order when they incur. So that's kind of what's happening. No. Actually, okay, so, so, no, so no, no, Deep no, Space no. Nine. The wrong, the wrong analogy. It's got to be um, the Cardassian Union, the Maquis. So that would be the. That's okay, what so I was Deep thinking. Space Nine. That's exactly right. what I was saying. Yeah. And the, okay. de- and the demilitarized. Zone. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that makes more the Federation. Sense. So that's yeah. more or less what's going on. And now I'm reading uh, Princess Leia Bloodlines. Uh, which takes place six years before Force Awakens. Mm-hmm. And that one is all about the whole New Republic and where the mentality of those politics are, and it's doing a hell of a lot more to flesh that out. And 
I don't know. I haven't read all about a quarter of the way through it, so maybe there are some spoilers for Force Awakens involved in it. But these seem so far seem like stories that should have been released prior to, if nothing else, to wet the whistle of the fans and two to flesh out what the movie could not. So I okay. So I do recommend the the Force Awakens prequel, and so far I'm recommending Star Wars Bloodlines. That's written by the same person that did Lost Stars, which I also really enjoyed. And and before the Awakening was written by Greg Rucka, who uh, who's great. Greg Rucka, he's great and was an awesome visitor to the experience many times. So yeah, and a good interview when I interviewed him on stage. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, Ruck is great people. And he yelled at me, which is good. Even better. Well, yeah. who wouldn't? <laughs> Probably spilled something on him. No, I asked him the, I asked him the, uh, how, why is it you write such uh, you know, strong female characters? Why are you asking me that stupid question? And then he went and answered it. It was really great. It, it's, <laughs> well, no. It, wow, you reprised the whole, uh, the same thing with uh, Joss Whedon that that one guy did. Yeah, well, I didn't. I hadn't seen that, but I saw, I saw it afterwards. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. And speaking of books, I am super goddamn excited. I don't know how this got past me. Uh, I was looking through my Twitter feed, and of course I follow Jeff Strand, one of my favorite horror authors, and he was like, flying to Vegas on Wednesday, hope to see you at StokerCon. And I'm like... StokerCon? Holy shit, StokerCon is happening in Vegas? So I looked it up, and yeah, StokerCon 2016, the World Horror Association's own convention, is happening this weekend in Las Vegas at the Flamingo Hilton. Wow. Wow. Uh, It's just the Flamingo now. It's not Hilton. I don't care. It's going to be Flamingo Hilton for my brain for life. Hell, I still call it Vegas World. There you go. (laughs) It's still the Las Vegas Hilton. Even though there's no... You guys have no idea how excited it was. He, He came running out, and he goes, guess what? And he, like, he's, like... Dancing while he's talking to me about <laughs> about this con, and I'm like, "What's Stoker Con?" <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's fans of the film Ace Stoker. Uh, uh, yeah. Stoker Ace, yeah. Stoker Ace. Uh, but uh, obviously, you're one. <laughs> horror horror readers know that the Stokers are the bi- the big horror awards for horror novels and novelettes and and short stories, and that's where this all takes place. Jeff Strand Stupid is question. the MC. Named after Bram Stoker. I there assume. you go. Okay, yeah. There you right. go. I feel like an idiot. Now there's a right now there's a lot of weird infighting happening with how the world the horror association is doing their shit, but I don't know enough to even go into it. So to go to StokerCon, to go to all of their panels and workshops and so on, costs two hundred dollars for the weekend. Okay, that's actually not that bad. You go into everything, like. but the dealers' room is open to the public. Nice. As are the signings because people want to sell books. Right. And no, you don't sell books to other writers who are going at $200 a pop. Right. So if you are a horror fan and happen to be it's... in and around near Vegas, uh, go meet some awesome horror writers because not only is uh, uh, Dress Jeff Strand going to be there, Tim Wagoner is going to be there. Uh, he's for you supernatural uh, crossover novel readers. He writes a lot of those. R.L. Stein. Okay. Is going to be there. F. Paul Wilson, William F. Nolan, uh, great names in horror. So, and hmm. ev- every day, Thomas Monteleone, John Skip. Oh my God, they're all going to be there. And so will Master Torgo, especially on Friday. Yay! Because Jeff Strand is signing at noon. Oh, nice. So, and if you haven't read Jeff Strand, he's the one that wrote Kumquat, 
which I've talked about on the show many times. One of the best comedy uh, buddy road <coughs> novels ever written. And Dweller, which is E.T. if E.T. were a flesh-eating beast. Hmm. So which one are you going to get signed? I'm surprised this isn't something you're covering, Andy. That sounds like something that it you slipped would... under our radar. We have all these cons in town that slip it's under true. people's radar. Yeah, 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 true. yeah. A lot of times I, I find out about them like the day after they happen. Like I'll have some guests tell me about, you know, oh yeah, I was here for blah 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 until today. We're we're leaving now. I was like, what what was just here? Actually, I, uh, Shockbunk Elizabeth a while back sent me some Jeff Strand books to read. Uh, mm-hmm. Dead Clown Barbecue, nice, and uh, Wolf Hunt Two, which I still have to read. Wolf Hunt One. Okay. Uh, so I'm definitely Electric getting those Boogaloo. signs, and plus I'm buying all the rest of the books. Yes, I've offer. tried to get a list of the cons in town, and it's tough. They I won't. Mean, they won't hand it out. They well, used, I mean, to be able, used to be able to. There used to be publications that had all the had all the cons. You used to be able to go on to the LVCVA, yeah, Las Vegas Convention Visitor Authority, yep, their website, and they would have not just the cons that were going to be at the the uh, Las Vegas Convention Center, but like uh, all of the convention right. centers around town, as well as ballrooms, etc. But yeah, now it's it's just a really short list of what they're showing. Right. Although I did come across a website. I'll have to see if I still have it bookmarked that. That had a pretty comprehensive list of like all the upcoming cons that were well, coming you, to town. If you find that, send it to me. Yeah, um, Combat Con. We're gonna have that again in July. Yep. That's in July. Yep, uh, and that's where it is like combat martial artists. Yeah, yeah. although the thing I enjoyed the most last year, um, I was I, I was I was running a table and I heard bang, okay, bang bang. What the hell? I walked over and there was a room where they had a four drawer four drawer filing cabinet. And four dwarf four drawer pilot filing cabinet, <laughs> and then a table full of medieval weapons, and they were letting everybody take three whacks at it, and they just huh. spent like an hour beating this thing to ah. death. Fun, that's fun. It I, was fun. It, it reminds me, and I don't know who decided this was such a good idea back then. Of course, you know, us dumb people. I would go to fairs in Indiana growing up, and I would see people selling. Like five wax with an axe or a sledgehammer on a car. Yeah, right, 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 yep, right, yep. right. And I remember somebody like standing on the roof with a sledgehammer, bringing it down on the hood. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this just seems really dangerous. Which is why they don't do it anymore. Yeah. The insurance you can't possibly get insurance no, to cover that anymore. No, so that's what that's what life was once upon a time. Yeah, in Indiana, it still is, just not at fairs. That was. I remember uh, doing that my senior senior year in high school. So it wasn't just Indiana. It's international. Oh, oh I know. Yeah, but was, <laughs> wasn't that after a hockey team won the championship or something? <laughs> no, that was a riot. That's what that was. I got yeah, to do that in a, a film in college. We had a um, we had two identical cars. One of them was supposed to be the car that was the quote-unquote stunt car that did the stunt move, and then the other was supposed to be the end result of the car after it so you got had to been beat the shit accident. out of the stunner. So we literally had uh, sledgehammers and were beating the shit out of this car. And then I got to blow it up with uh, big bags of propane. So the joy is a film big school. Big mushroom cloud propane thing. It was pretty awesome. And speaking of cons, don't forget, we're at the Las Vegas Mini Con. Yes. May 28th at noon, the Paseo Verde Mini Con. Oh, yeah. Uh, come join us. It's it's free and we're gonna do a live show. Watch us not swear. Yay! Bring the kids. <laughs> Green. Well, <laughs> the I can't, only I can't time. guarantee we won't swear. We, we will, will do, do our, our best. best not to. Yes. They have no uh, idea what they've done. Green Valley Parkway and Paseo Verde. No, no. Here Green. in 
beautiful Las Vegas. Technically Henderson, but yeah. Technically. Yeah, Sunset yeah. Green Valley. No. You know you're not huh? in Vegas no, right now, No, this right? one is apparently near 215. If you Green go Valley south of the 215 on Green don't, Valley Parkway, yeah. don't, don't even talk Verde. directions right okay. You can look it up. It's a big one with a pavilion next to it. There you go. Oh, I know where it's at. Yeah. Great. What else? Anything else, geeky gentlemen? I beat uh, Dead Rising. Nice. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. Would you revisit? I went back again. Well, I, I went through it first as uh, trying to do uh, killing and photojournalism and lost. Then I went through just doing killing and won. Now I'm trying to go through now that I'm, you know, level 40 or whatever. I'm trying to go through and beat it and do the photojournalism <laughs> stuff. That, that speaks right to you. It does. <laughs> it certainly does. I played some game. There was some game where I had a camera, and Duncan was amazed that I was like taking shots in the middle of the fights. He's like, well, I have to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a camera. <laughs> and also, I wanted to throw it out there that uh, whenever I find a good bundle uh, online, I want to share it with you. Uh, Boss Fight Books. Uh, they are a book company that write small books on single video game topics. Um, they've done one on uh, uh, Shadow of the Colossus. They've done one on Galaga. They've done one on Earthbound. Well, they have a bundle on storybundle.com for all the boss fight books for the price that you name. So, Are they how to play the game books? No. Or are they no, novelizations? They, if, you, are they? if you've seen those little niche books, I think they're called like 33 and a third. Uh, they are books that are... A, Essays about one album by one artist. Neat. And that's what this is, except it's uh, essays. This is just written by one person about this one game. Cool. So so I wanted to put that out there. Anything else, gentlemen? Man. Uh, that's the answer. Uh, Let's get I. You know what? So much news. News? I have never had this many pages of news. Let's for this do show. it. Let's do it all. Uh, I do want to do one email, though. Okay. Just because he's in town, and we should hit his email. So, hello, gentlemen. Yes, I'm talking about you. Quick question. I was a huge fan of the mob attraction at the Tropicana. Did any of you guys try out for it? Know any stories about it? Um, it was sort of the poor man's version of the mob museum that we have now. Well, it was out before that. Yeah. No, it wasn't. I mean, it had the thing with it, it was more of an attraction than a museum. It was right. more about the experience. Mm -hmm. I mean, sure, they had some museum pieces that toward the end, right. you had about two rooms of museum stuff. Mm -hmm. A lot of Bugsy Siegel stuff, basically. But it was almost like Star Trek the experience for right. the mob. Right. I mean, you walked in and you were in New York Harbor and you were starting out and they kind of cast you as a low-level mob enforcer, and you were had to do things along the way, running into actors. You had to make choices of do, whether you'd take money to a place, whether you would end up pocketing some of the money. You'd run into the police. They'd, you'd have to explain things that you saw or right. not. You had to make a decision on whether to violently hurt somebody that was... I was messing with the casino you worked for. That sounds yep. much more interesting than I thought it was. Yeah. Oh, it yeah. Was, it was fantastic. Yeah. And at the end... They tallied all your choices, and they put you in a room and gave you an ending based yeah. on your choices. Yep. Wow. So the mob experience was one of my favorite things in Vegas existence. It was pretty cool. I got to do it towards the end of the run so that they weren't doing all of the things that, that Torgo got to do. But uh, I, I ran into the quote-unquote big boss, and 
you know, I had the guy had some guy run into me, hand me an envelope, say, "Take this to the guy, blah blah blah, down the street." And I'm like, "Okay." And they had beautiful sets built. When you're yeah. walking down the street, you are walking down the street. Yeah. Wow. And uh, you go up, you sit down with the the boss in front of a an Italian deli, and you're sitting there, and he's like, he's like, "Do you open this?" No, sir. He's like, "Good kid. Where are you from?" And I, you know, I'd been in Vegas for like forever at this point, so I said, "Las Vegas." Said, ah. Nice little town. I see big things coming for that place. And then you you get yeah, just like what he said. You get uh, yeah, you get interrogated by a police officer. Um, and in my case, the phone rang, and it's like it's your lawyer. You know, like it's like you did a good job, kid. You kept your mouth shut. It's like there's there's good things coming for you in our organization. And and then you go on through the rest of the experience. Um, God, I'm trying to remember all the they stuff in between. Sell it well, because I didn't hear about any of this. It, it, <laughs> it, you're, you're absolutely right. It was not. It was not portrayed the way that it was. And then, yeah, you had little pieces of history, like they had one of the early little hologram things of Bugsy um, looking out over the desert and seeing his vision of the the Flamingo Hotel, and it like Which slowly. Is but okay, I know. But that's the, that's the story. And then, so you see this little. <laughs> little hologram of the desert go from this mirage of the desert and then suddenly it's a little hotel starts to form you know behind him and so forth and uh, I do remember at one point um, you're in a back room of a casino and the guy comes out and there you know you see uh, he's white covered over windows but you can just see the shadows of the people it was probably a video production but the guy comes out and he says, boss wants me to ask you what we should do with this guy. We caught him cheating. He's like, should we bump him off or should we beat him until he teaches a lesson? And I said, teach him a lesson. And so they go in and you see the shadow figures beating the hell out of this guy. And, oh, I'm, I'm dead serious. And they point and he's like, he's like, now you tell all your friends that this is the shit that's going to happen to you if you ever try cheating us again. And... And then you move on to the rest, and and there were there were Jesus. archival um, Don Gunter over here. <laughs> it was really cool. Um, <laughs> what uh, was your, what, what was your ending? Uh, I can't remember. I I, my, I remember my ending was a car pulls up, guys come out with a gun. They're gonna take us out because uh-huh. we weren't fitting in right, and the police came up and arrested us all. That was my ending. It was fun. Yeah, <laughs> it was yeah, so it was, much fun. I'm. I'm and, the, and, and, and speaking to, to your question, if you know somebody that was in it, uh, when I start, when I went, it was early in the day, so it was fully staffed. All the actors, as time went on, with a lot of these places, Star Trek, right. the experience was mm. the same. That they start consolidating actor roles, and there are less actors that you come across right. through the experience. Uh, the police officer recognized me because he was an actor that I worked with, and started trying to incorporate that into nice. our, our our back and forth oh man yeah but, I, I i work with somebody now who used to work there and i knew a few ex-trek people who work there they even had like uh there's one where you're walking through an office that's clearly like an an old like 70s office and they had a recreation of a of a 70s television set and they had archival footage from uh i think it was kt uh, uh the channel eight out here uh KTNB? Just call it yeah. Channel 8. But Channel 8. And, and they had like <laughs> archival footage of actual mob reporting going on, and it was mm-hmm. in black and white in this 
in this old style television. So it was pretty neat seeing footage that I would have never seen otherwise. Sure. Now the Mob Museum that we do have now, an incredible museum. Yeah, and it's a, a real a, museum. Yeah, it's an actual museum. But the mob experience at the Tropicana was mob trek the experience when wow. it comes down to it. It had the same kind of feel. There was a time I went through the experience and Kay was a uh, camera which was it? It wasn't Ensign Thomas. It was one who does the elevator. Who does the elevator? That's Ensign Thomas. It is Ensign Thomas. Thomas. Okay, yeah. And I, I, we had John Bean Hastings there and for yeah. some reason you just focused on me and gave me nothing but shit and it was an hilarious time. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I did. So, yeah, but, so like well, every other day then. Once you were locked up in that uh, elevator. That was one of the places they really couldn't pay attention to what was you were doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you could get away with some shit. Yeah. yeah well, actually, elevator. and it wasn't even like I, I went too terribly far. I did the standard. Are you okay, sir? You look mm. a little green. And okay. Andy, Andy just like gets uncomfortable and loses it. And of course, when that happens, everyone else in the turbo lift starts laughing along with it. It's you know, it, it was. I heard that line all day. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you you never got to experience the uh, the one man shows, did you, Torgo? Oh, Where they no. literally had one actor from transporter room all the way up to shuttle load out, and if you were lucky, you may have gotten a different person to be the janitor guiding you out of there. Talk about the death. Well, the one man show. By then, they'd gotten rid of the janitor. I think had they? Oh, yeah, wow. you the Starfleeter loads you on, you fly, then the Starfleeter opens it up and is like, "Quick, let's get you to the elevator." Fuck off! Oh yeah, yeah. that's horrible. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh no, I didn't. I didn't do. I knew about the one man shows. I didn't go for that reason. I didn't want my memories tarnished mm-hmm. by that. The the thing that I found most interesting was when I went on it on the opening night, back before it had opened to the public. They never took us in front of the TV screens where they're doing the local report and then talking about the swamp gas, weather balloon. They ne- I never saw that until years after I had started working at the experience. And one time yep. I went through the ride and they took me around the corner. He's like, hey, folks, pause right here for a second. And then the screen comes on and they're doing that, that faux local, yeah. uh, local that, news Paul, Yeah, that's because Paul Francis or something? That, or? Yeah, something yeah, like that. Uh, no, Dave Covarzier. No. Oh, Dave Covarzier. Yeah. And it... Um, it the reason was because back then we were running so damn fast you oh, couldn't okay. stop. They I had see. to get you going because there was another group right around the corner that That's was coming true. around. Mm-hmm. So it was once we started slowing down a bit that I remember management putting the hammer down saying, guys, stop them in front of the screen and stuff. And, you and know. They're missing the joke. And I, re- <laughs> I remember several times I went on. So I don't know at what point they finally fixed this, but uh, – Somebody says, oh, yeah, you're on the maintenance level. We got to get you back up to the regular, uh, the regular level for the, for the experience. And you're always going down in the elevator. Somebody yeah. actually finally at one point modified the script to say, we got to send, this is a maintenance level. We got to send you back down to the experience. Yeah. And then put you in and hit the button and sent the elevator down. But like, yeah. it was so funny, like all those times where like get you back up to the regular level. And I'm like, what well, the elevator is going down and you pushed the down button. So. <laughs> You know, I had to be nitpicky, but uh, <laughs> oh yeah. yeah, excuse me, just that's that's it. That guy. It it kills me. <laughs> excuse me, this is going down, and you press, you clearly press the down button. Yeah, clearly, <laughs> you clearly press down, and you go. Hell, for years, I didn't even know those. Uh, one of those two elevators actually went up to the the projector booth. Yeah, yeah, they and, got uh, the they got the key for that. 
Yeah, actually, Andy took me up there one time. Uh, Andy Redman took me up there to show me all that stuff. It was pretty cool. <laughs> you, Andy. And no, I didn't. Andy. No, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't me. It wasn't me. That's why I had to clarify. So uh, if you're listening, thank you, Andy. I still uh, remember that. That was pretty you're cool. You're welcome. I don't know why you. that reminded me of this. There was that huge, what we call the transit corridor. Yes. That's what you let, when you went from the... The transporter turbo lift room. to the transporter room. Yes. This monster. It was a beautiful. Grand corridor. Grand, Grand corridor. Grand corridor. Thank you. The Grand Corridor Transit was the little one. Uh, Grand corridor and had these big crates. You mm-hmm. know, it, was, it looked like a, you know, like a loading dock area. Yeah, exactly. So I, I would get into those gigantic, cr- heavy crates because they were hollow on the inside. Right. And everything. And then I'd wait for groups to pass with the uh, ensign leading them and then just start throwing my body against them, making the crate move like on its own and start doing these <laughs> sounds and just, yeah, just trying to do my best to, one, make the ensign laugh and two, scare the occupants. So it's, nice. it's good times. I never uh, got that one. That was nice. Uh, <laughs> these strolls only, down memory lane. Only a few people got that special show. <laughs> Anything else, gentlemen? Lay it on us. Yep. That's Andy it. More liquid. All right. Well, you know what? Uh, there's more to this email. Oh, the email. Oh, okay. yeah, that's what we were talking about. I thought we were still... The Bob experience. Yes. Uh, also, damn you guys for mentioning Crossed. I am highly intrigued by it. Well, I'll leave you guys alone for now, but I figured I'd let you know I'd be in town for another Shock Monkey Safari. He's already in town. I normally say I'd invite you all, but we know Fact Check will be there. <laughs> and he says, come down to the Millennium Fandom Bar next Monday. <laughs> and it's closed on Mondays. Meet Mini Cthulhu, drink some drinks, listen to my insane banter, and hopefully you sure. won't need directions from quote unquote God this time. Uh, your friendly neighborhood enabler, Jake. P.S. Paul, I shall see you at the Bucket Show. Uh, yes, we had a, a nice drink with Jake last evening. Yes, we did. At the Frankie's. Yep. Tiki Bar. Where he went through a large number of uh, the fancy drinks. They have a great number of drinks. My drinks sucked, but your guys' were great. Yeah. Next time we should go to uh, Golden Tiki. I like that yep. one. Haven't tried it. Must. <laughs> Millennium Fandom Bar is closed Mondays and Tuesdays, just yes. so anybody knows. Yes. And I have two days off, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, gentlemen. That's, that's all. I've got more emails, but don't worry. We'll get them another day. But we need to talk about news you don't give a shit about. Yeah. But we don't give a shit about uh, it. Uh, what's Ooh. funny, uh, news you don't give a shit about, I, this, it took me the longest over a course of a few days to compile this news together. Okay. And it wasn't until like the last hour that there was any news you don't give a shit about. Well, <laughs> damn that last hour. All the good news mm. till then. News you don't give a shit about if you thought maybe you could just catch the new online-only Star Trek series by binging in a weekend and dropping the new flat platform, CBS has already planned for that. Aha. Uh-huh. The Atlantic reports the network will be ensuring... You hold on to their subscription by only giving one episode a week of the new series through 2017. CBS President Les Boonves expresses pride in the fact that many people will flock to the program. Quote, we could have cashed in for a lot of money selling it to Netflix, Amazon, Hulu. They were all (laughs) very interested in it. Oh, whoa. We know that Star Trek is a high-priced quality product, and there are a lot of very rabid Star Trek fans who are going to sign up for it, unquote. So yes, leave it to the classic network television to attempt to ruin everything that everyone loves about streaming. So Les Moonves actually named the other streaming services in his quote. Yes. Not cool. <laughs> not, not smart. No. 
Wow. Just, just. <sighs> wow. Okay. This so, so yeah, they're, 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 they're keeping the old, the old TV model for their streaming service. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know, I mean, some of the others are not far away. That's one of the things that irritates the shit out of me about CW, because they do that five episode at a time rollout. And like, so I, I went to CW.com and you can watch episodes of The Flash or Legends of Tomorrow or Arrow but only five episodes at a time. And if you don't happen in on that first episode of the season, you're, it's out of yeah. order. And oh, yeah. So you can't go back yeah, and yeah. see? No, you, no, you, you only can't have, go back. Yeah, you only have like a couple of episodes that are available for free streaming. So you can watch the current episode a week later. So the, the new episode that airs on live broadcast, you won't be able to watch that till the following week. But they only have, just like Kay said, they only have like a couple of episodes available. What sense does that make? Right. Well, it's because they're giving it to you for free. They don't want to have the free whole with thing. ads. Yeah. yeah, and so the end result is people like me, <laughs> which is television. With people like me who don't watch it at all. I haven't watched any Legends of Tomorrow. I haven't watched this That's season exactly of The Flash. It. Why not put that stuff up? You're selling your commercials anyway. You'd get more by getting more people on board to watch right. a television show, if not just to catch up. I broke to what, and what's I was going to watch TV on motherfucking computer until those asses did that. Mm. Yeah. Television. Fuck them all. That's why no, I, you know, people are cutting cords, and it's this mentality that's doing it. Yeah, but the problem is, like the new season of Flash, not on Netflix. Netflix is losing licenses to all these different shows because all these networks are like, well, we can do what they're doing, and they're splitting them yeah. up. It's so Balkanizing stupid. Streaming. I hate it. Mm. Uh, you don't understand what makes Netflix and why it's so popular is because you can get it all and you can binge it over the weekend. And as I said before, if you want to see how many streaming services are out there, just look at your Amazon Prime because you can add on other streaming services to it, and there's at least 100. Wow. It's got to be 100. And and a lot of them doing the same things. There's so many horror ones. There's so many documentary-only ones. But they've got the same shit. Yeah. That's maddening. Yeah. Idiots. True. Loaded so, so now Star Trek, which you have to, this won't be free, you have to subscribe to it. Yes. But you still only get to one episode week per a week. week. Yep. Fuck you. And then they wonder why we illegal stream. And how, how much you want to bet they're not going to, they're going to do a five episode rollout so that if you wait for the end of the season to then buy in, you're only going to get five episodes at a time yeah, of what's already aired. I would not be surprised. Mm-hmm. It seems only, to be the model. The only thing that would counter that right now is, like, currently, if you have, uh, like, the CBS app on your phone or on your uh, Xbox or whatever, if you have all access, you have access to the current episode and then all the previous episodes for that season. Okay. But you can't jump ahead. So if they as long as they keep that, you'll still be able to at the I end bet of the you season they won't. subscribe to it and then watch I the bet entire you season. They won't. Because they they're already fucking with the apps, Jeff. I got the CW app like you recommended. Right. They don't even put on Flash, Legends of Tomorrow and Arrow. Huh. You get previews or overviews but you can't watch any episodes at all. Are you I on? can watch the I can watch the old 1990s Flash. <laughs> now, well, are you okay. are you lucky? Duck. Is it on your phone or on your Xbox? Uh, that I checked on my Xbox. Okay, so you want Pirates Moon Bez? That's how you get pirates. Well, okay, come to the dark side of Showbox on the Android. Mm. <laughs> all that shit. 
all of I it. don't care how good the new Star Trek series is. I hope this fails. Right. It's it's such mm. a broken way of distribution. It doesn't deserve success. I don't like it. Yeah. So it's. Uh, I hope it all. It, if it comes when it comes out on DVD, all collected, then I'll get it. So we Fine. give a shit. It's just we give a shit negatively. Not to mention that's what it's, kind of don't give a shit. It's, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and and no offense to Maple Leaf, there. That's the first Star Trek series that's going to be produced outside of the United States ever. No offense. <laughs> I mean, they're going to shoot it all up in Toronto. Oh, okay. Hollywood North, my friend. Yeah, I know. Toronto. Star- is, Stargate was all in Vancouver. Wait. Oh, I know. No, trust me. I, I was going to go up and the visit the... I was going to do the Stargate Con where they actually... You get to go tour the studios so was and go on the sets. And Battlestar Galactica. Oh, I know. And, and all the TV. All that TV that's no longer... The kids playing. and I watch a lot of Psych, which takes place in Santa Barbara. And it's, and it's almost always Canada, raining yeah. in Santa Barbara. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I'm just saying it's it's just upsetting that this is the first Star Trek series that's not going to be produced here in or out in Hollywood. I should. But think. big surprise. It's, it's a it's a cost cutting planetary move. show. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. belong to one country. No, I get that. I'm just talking or about one planet. Convenience of visiting the set. It's the United Federation <laughs> of Planets. Now all the convenience goes to Maple Leaf Matt. Yeah. Yes. He's like, I'm going to go visit the family, and I might stop in and see that new Star Trek series being made. <laughs> As I go to my home country, whose citizenship I refuse to renounce. Exactly. <laughs> Who would blame you right now? News you don't <laughs> give a shit about. Trump free country. This He'll one's fuck just, it up. This He'll one's put a just wall confusing across. to me. Okay. Tom Hooper. Okay. This guy's last three films are The King's Speech, Les Miserables, and The Danish Girl, Oscar bait. Yes. Okay. Now he's reported going to tackle another film adaptation of the long-running Broadway musical Cats. Sure. <laughs> Fuck off. Cats? Really? He's directing a new version of the Andrew Lloyd Webber musical. He's, quote, in the midst of deciding how to approach the adaptation, unquote, be with it actors, CG characters, or a combination of the two, like The Jungle Book. Uh, the play uh, follows a series of ridiculously named cats that are part of a tribe called the Jellicles. I've seen Cats. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw them back in the 80s. Cats <clears throat> is a show, is, is a ballet with songs. Mm-hmm. Cats has no story. Because it's based on a book of poetry. Yes, yeah. exactly. That's, it is a musical. You'd expect that. I don't know how you could translate this to a film to be compelling. At all, it's compelling cool. when you see it live because the dancing is all happening in front of you, and it's all lights and spectacle on stage in you know three D human beings. Yeah. And, and a lot of the songs are pretty clearly, good. Clearly, clearly they're going to have to base the plot around the fact that Rum Tug Tugger is a curious cat. Yes, he is. <laughs> live um, action Aristocats. There you go. Such, Done it. You're such a rumple teaser. Yeah. <laughs> 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 we, 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 this was a discussion on Chalk Monkeys Larry and he said well, let's, let's do it animated so Bernadette Pleaders can play whatever my, she wants to play my, <laughs> my question on that is, is Cats even relevant anymore I mean when's the last time it's been on Broadway it's been a while but it it's was been at, at least one 20 point years, it right? was the longest running show yeah. on Broadway but I mean it hasn't been on stage in Broadway for over 20 years no right? you've no, get, you get a few touring revivals yeah. and, and now local groups because you know sure. amateur productions everybody do does but fucking cats. I don't know. I don't know. The all 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 I can remember from the plot is an old lady cat gets voted to f- fly to heaven. That's 
that's what I remember. But my my question is: Is it a timeless enough? No, that's what I'm. That, okay, that's all I'm no. asking. So it's 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 completely here's, here's, outdated. Here's and, the thing: the music is timeless. Okay, all right, the music is great because you know it's poetry. But there, there's no story. So it would have to be reworked very diff. It would have to be re- really, really reworked. They would have to in order to get. That's why he's to get it on I was, screen. I okay. was popping through on Netflix watching the uh, the live version of Grease they did a couple months ago. That is so damn good. I didn't think so, but okay. I thought it was amazing. <laughs> I, but I, what I was doing was hopping back and forth between that and the movie and watching the different scenes, the different ways they did it. Cute, which is fun. Um, uh, what's her name? The well, the one who has the the one who uh, wants to be a hairdresser, uh, Frenchie. She in the live version, I think she's playing the waitress. I think yes, that is yeah, her. yeah, yeah. That is certain. In fact, when she comes out in curtain call at the end, she is wearing her original pink ladies jacket oh, from the nice. movie. Yeah. Uh, but what I love about that live version of Greece is the fact that it is live. It, it's done as a play. Everything in real time. Right. If there is a mistake, it just plain happens. Yep. Yeah. So it's warts and all. I and I, I and. There was no problem with the production. It's just I have never. I watched that movie. It was one of the first movies I remember going, "What the fuck did I just watch?" <laughs> Grease is well, what was the point of this? You have to be a slut. Wait, I, is this the message? Pretty much. Yeah, you, you have to change. Yeah, Andy, what? Shut up! What are you doing? Change who you are for the love of a boy. Yeah. All right. And uh, that's also the story for the guy too, because he goes to be a jock and all right. that. Yeah. Right. Change who you are. Yeah. To, yeah. But. I've, I was in that show twice. Were you? Yes. Uh, first time I was chorus. Second time I was Sunny, which was my biggest complaint about that secondary version, the live version, is because Sunny has this, this fantastic song. Uh, if you have the Grease soundtrack, it's there, but the band sings it in the background instead. Yeah. Uh, it's called Mooning, and it's a song about how he loves to go out and moon people. Nice. And I'm sad it was not. Well, the the live the version uh, was was very scrubbed clean. They they yes. they used well, they used the they used the middle school version of the lyrics for yes. Grease Lightning. <laughs> when you do, when you have when you have this the script of Grease with you, mm-hmm. there in that script there's an alternate saying for all the things that are controversial. There. Okay. So the stuff they were saying is in the script, but it's in the doctored, cleaned mm. up Broadway version. But yeah, you don't so, want no shit. You get that we'll get script. You get two tip. versions. That's funny. I remember um, the theater group my mother was running when uh, we were living overseas. We did a variety show, and one of the things he did is me and a bunch of guys did uh, Officer Krupke from nice. West Side Story. And the the lyrics we got were the original Broadway lyrics, oh. which were very different. From the from the movie, and it was hilarious. Are they? Oh, I gotta look oh, that up. Oh yeah, no, it was it was it. Oh, it's totally it 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 it's exactly like what you just said about Greece and the middle school thing. It's like the Broadway lyrics are actually a lot more. It, it's a lot more severe, and it was it was funny. It was yeah. hilarious. That's that's the, funny the one you that's mentioned on a, like middle school level like plays because I, I this is my senior year uh, high school. I I wish I could remember which play it was, but. Uh, in and it was actually in the script. The uh, the lead actress strips down to just her underwear, and they actually did that in our production on the stage. Scandalous! And then I'm like, yeah, exactly. Now how, that would never ribble. happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What was the show? 
I, I, that's what I'm saying. I'm, tr- I'm racking my brain trying to remember the name of the uh, the show because I, I Debbie helped. does Dallas well, the musical yes. hair. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean I did. I I was doing printing work for it, so I got free tickets to go see the show. Oh. So we we did their um, Equus. Uh, their program. <laughs> God, I can't oh, think of I wanna, oh my God! It's going to drive me crazy. Nerd, middle school that. brings you Equus. <laughs> I, I, I Holy s- shit! I swear I'm not making this up. There was a there was a thread on Facebook today. A guy I knew here in town who was talking about trying to figure out a way to do Rocky Horror Picture Show for kids. All right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no. All right. Yeah. No. I mean, let's face it. We all discovered it as kids, right? Right. No. Well, we were teenagers. <laughs> I was 18. <laughs> Ooh, but, and I had no idea. I went into that cold. I had no idea what it Ooh, was. Oh, a virgin! Yes, actually, I think it was that first, first grease that introduced me to Rocky Horror Picture Show. Now I think Torgo it. showed me Rocky Horror, and he gave me very little. I mean, he gave me enough that I knew what to expect watching whoa, it. Whoa, 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 whoa! You but, saw it on video first? Yeah. Oh, no. pussy! I was like fifteen. It's no. not. It's not even that. This was in Indiana. Yeah. There are no productions. Of, <laughs> no, exactly there, there are, exactly. there are no movie versions you can go to in Indiana. Well, not in our, my neck of the woods. Anyway. I mean, I, I had that on video at a, at a party one time. Like, so it was Jeff no. watching the show and me just yelling at the screen. Yeah. That's what it was. <laughs> <laughs> Throwing toast and You, you laughed, but it, that exactly is what happened. He's, <laughs> I was giving okay. him live mystery science Jeff's theater. like, what are you doing? He's running up with some Windex. God in, damn it. In Indiana, what is, what is the response line to, is it a crime giving yourself over to, uh, to passion? God, it's been God, too, too long. Why? It is in Massachusetts. That's, that's it right there. Yeah, that's right. No. But I think we actually say Massachusetts. Because at that time, Massachusetts, <laughs> at that time, Massachusetts, I don't know if they still do, but Massachusetts still had um, sodomy laws. So still gotcha. had, oral, well, so, oral sex is illegal. So now it'd be North Carolina. Yeah. And I'm sure that's the line they're using. In the oh, yeah. There's still yeah. a lot of states with those on the books. Yeah. There's never been. Jeff keeps tabs on them and avoids them. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, you don't give a shit about Disney is done. Publishing. Okay. <laughs> that's, that's it. <laughs> Sorry. Is, over. I hope you enjoyed Civil War. This is this is the one that Torgo gives a shit about. I know what he's about to say. Uh, I don't because no? they, they lost me. Uh, Disney is done publishing console video games, including the franchise spanning Disney Infinity. According to the Disney Interactive blog, Disney Infinity will get two final retail sets: Alice Through the Looking Glass in May and Finding Dory in June. With Infinity gone. Both Skylanders and Lego Dimensions remains as major Toys to Life contenders. Also kind of amiibo. Uh, As for other console games, uh, Disney plans solely on licensing to third parties. I think they're really nifty, and I'm glad I didn't get into them because that is total crack. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad for the ones I own. I I love the toys. I think they look great. I like their style. But the game built around them is absolute shit. I thought you liked right. the, the, the 2.0 version. The 2.0 was an improvement, but I didn't like it. I, oh, okay. I played it exactly once. Really? Yeah. I I got all the toys. I bought a whole bunch when it came out because they were talking about the reviews I was reading. Like, it's so much better than the first one because the first one was horrible. And yes, it is better. But let's face it. I, I didn't even touch three. I wasn't going to be burned again. Oh. And I hear three is that much better, but you're... God damn it. Fool me once. Won't get fooled yeah, again. Yeah, fool me once. Yeah. Fool me. <laughs> All right. Shame on M- you. Ma- fool me. Shame, yeah, so yeah. fuck them. Next one. <laughs> Weekend Geek. Nah. Woohoo. I thought there was so much news. There is, but apparently there's a ton of Weekend Geek, too. 
Because he likes to give us the pain. There's a ton of Weekend Geek because I've got pain. Are you hearing me right now? Hmm? Weekend Geek. Oh, you said Weekend Geek? Yes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on medication. You, 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 wow. even, you even have headphones on. So you, you, <laughs> even, said, you, you even said Weekend Geek. <laughs> yeah. You said Weekend Geek. I'm on medication. So sad. Wow. I'm on medication. So sad. Oh, My head wow. is full of pus. <laughs> I was wondering what the fuck that conversation was. <laughs> My head is full of pus. I thought you'd be used to that by now, Kay. Uh, <laughs> well, this, couple, yeah. this first one's on the cusp. Could go either way. The first one usually is. Yeah. yeah. Universal Pictures has released an official synopsis for Tom Cruise's upcoming reboot of The Mummy. Yeah. I was right. Mummy's coming back. Yeah. <laughs> Which is right. currently in production in London. The Mummy is the first film in the new monster cinematic universe that Universal is building. Ah, the MCU. The MCU. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Here's the synopsis. Thought safely entombed in a crypt deep beneath the unforgiving desert, an ancient queen whose destiny was unjustly taken from her is awakened in our current day, bringing with her malevolence grown over millennia, and terrors that defy human comprehension. From the sweeping sands of the Middle East through hidden labyrinths under the modern-day London, the mummy brings a surprising intensity and a balance of wonder and thrills in an imaginative new take that ushers in a new world of gods and monsters. Russell Crowe has joined the cast as Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. I Uh, am excited about that one. That's yeah. actually a good role for him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that is a great role for him. Yeah. Uh, the Mummy is being directed by Alex Kurtzman from a script written by John Spates, who wrote uh, Prometheus. Spatzo. Dr. Spatzo. <laughs> uh, Universal's monster cinematic universe also includes The Wolfman, The Invisible Man, Bride of Frankenstein, and Van Helsing, all of which are in various stages of development. The Mummy is set for release on June 9th, 2017. Uh, it's on the edge because I'm hopeful. Yeah, could I'm be, hopeful. It could be good. Um, Dracula was all right. Terrors that defy human comprehension. Oh, is the quote that makes me go, "Wow, that's how, that's you know what." Remind me of that quote when I watch the movie. Okay, okay. We know because if I comprehend them, fail. Do we know when the time when the timeline is? Is it set modern. modern times? It's okay. modern. Yeah, because I, I I thought the Brendan Fraser movies were fine. I they were great. Yeah. They were Indiana Jones light. They, they were, were fun. They were so fun. A lot of fun. Yeah, yeah well, so dimin- well, the first two were. Yeah, I never really saw the third returns along one. the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's, that first one's great. Oh, my God. Yeah. I remember starting to watch the third one and not finishing it. Mm. So I don't even remember. Is that the one with Jet Li? With, uh, he's mm. the emperor or whatever the... Yeah. Michelle, so, yeah. I don't even, I didn't even know Jet Li was in it. So, yeah, that would be the was one. It, wow. Was Burn. Jet Li? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jet Li and Michelle Yeoh. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, no, huh. it, it was mixed. That was mixed. But, boy, that, that first one was... Totally not expecting that fucker yeah. when I went to see it. I still remember that time. A whole bunch of us from Trek went, and we were just like, wow. And the it second, was like one-liner supreme, that movie. And the second uh, one was so good right up to the point when they revealed the CG Scorpion. Game. Oh, that was bad CG. It was Industrial Light and Magic. It was ILM, too. Yeah. Yes. I'm sitting there going, I'm They like, just didn't have the technology back. No, they had the technology. Dude, just no. Didn't. no, what happened was they didn't have the time. My f- or the budget, apparently. Yeah. My favorite line for the first movie is when the boat's on fire. And he's like, what do we do? What do we do? You stay here. I'll go for help. <laughs> <laughs> what I loved best about the Mummy movies, though, mm-hmm. was the standalone, year-round, 
permanent at the time haunted house that was at Universal Studios based oh, on the property. Yeah. That was such a fun walk through haunted house. And oh, we, we went through it so many times. Our friend in a Lauren, circle. Our friend Lauren used to work that. Yes, he did. He complained about getting hit all the time. Uh, that is a danger in a haunted house if you're working it. Fight and, or flight is no fucking joke. And when I went to it, they had converted it to Van Helsing. Yes, then they did that. And only minor things were changed in some areas. Yeah. And it was clear that it had been just modified to be... It was barely a paint yeah, job. It was Exactly, it was barely a paint job. It was... But yeah, man, you work in a haunted house, you learn to put your arms up real fast. No doubt about it. <laughs> Aiden Heinrich. Huh? Alden Heinrich. Heinrich. Alden yeah. Heinrich. He's, he was in Beautiful Creatures and Hail Caesar. He has signed on as young Han Solo. Yeah. Right. The 26-year-old actor has been cast in the untitled Han Solo Star Wars spinoff movie. Shooting on the movie doesn't start until January. Beast, right? But the reason why Disney and Lucasfilm have announced is because Heinrich's Han Solo will likely have a cameo in Rogue One. Oh, cool. So, which is currently filming. Uh, the Han Solo anthology movie is being produced and scripted by the father and son writing duo of Lawrence Kasdan, who wrote Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi, and The Force Awakens, and John Kasdan. In a recent Q&A, Kasdan said the upcoming movie would not de- delve into everyone's favorite space scoundrel's origin story, thank goodness. Yeah. Quote, it will not be, here's where he was born, and this is how he was raised. I think what it will be is... What was he like 10 years earlier? Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, legendary Japanese f- filmmaker Akira Kurosawa once said the heroes are the ones that are still changing and the villains are locked and petrified into what they are. Ooh, nice quote. I like that. Yeah, Go that, Akira. Yeah. So, yes, I, I like this thumbs up. I saw a picture of the actor. Yeah, he can do it. Mm-hmm. At least yeah. physically. And so, and apparently he was good in Hail Caesar. Never saw it. Yeah, he I want to see that. didn't miss much. Really? Oh, my dad! My dad is raving about that thing. It's a great one-off story about the old studio system and how things work. It's just not really that compelling. And it wasn't marketed the way it really was. Exactly. Mm. They were trying to make it out to be a comedy, and that's what it seemed like to me. And And, no, really, it's it's not. And it was funny because that I remember those trailers. I was like, I think I might be interested in seeing that. And then I began to hear. Yeah, it's 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 Cohen Brothers, so obviously it's I, very I, art. Stop arty tricking and... us to watch your movie by <laughs> saying it is what it isn't. Yes, ex- mm. if, I think if they had told it, it was kind of a, you know, an homage to classic cinema and how movies were made. It might have found an audience, but there were a lot of people that went to it expecting a comedy based on the way that the fucking trailers were cut. I was, I was sure the it commercials. It, it, no, it's not funny. Wow. It is not a funny film. Hmm. Now, there are certain areas where there's a little bit of humor worked into the overall storyline, but it's a pretty serious the uh it's a pretty serious view of uh, a studio head who has to manage Big personalities, not only just directors and actors, but also covering up all the little indiscretions that they go through. The previews Um, made it look not only like a comedy, but a slapstick comedy. 
No, it's definitely yeah. not slapstick. Wow. There yeah. are That's what I got. Too. There are yeah, yeah. little areas where there is some slapstick, mm-hmm. but you're, you know, looking at it through the lens of a camera, clearly. But you no, know, it's 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 a serious film. It's a serious story based on it's a fictionalized historical pick about what the old studio system was okay. essentially is what Still it is. Still sounds so, interesting, but yeah. I'll go into it nothing as a comedy. Yeah, exactly. It. It's it, if you go into it thinking it's a comedy, you are going to be sorely disappointed. So I, I liked it for what it was, but it's not what it was being portrayed to be. Is it as funny as say, um, "Oh brother, where art thou?" <laughs> See, I never thought that one was very funny. Yeah. Okay. That I never thought answer. that was very funny. Captain Marvel will make her eagerly anticipated Marvel Cinematic Universe debut ahead of her solo movie in Avengers Infinity War Part 1. The news was accidentally confirmed by the Russo brothers during an event at the Smithsonian Institute. While speaking about the highly anticipated Infinity War, the dynamic directing duo let slip Captain Marvel's name. When a fan quickly asked, Did you just confirm Captain Marvel? The Russos tried backtracking by replying, Um, Captain... Marvel, totally different character. <laughs> Created by writer Roy Thomas and artist Gene Nolan, Major Carol Danvers first appeared in the pages of Marvel Comics in 1968's Marvel Superheroes number 13 as a member of the United States Air Force. She then debuted as the first incarnation of Ms. Marvel in her own title, Ms. Marvel number 1, in 1977. After merging of an alien Cree and human genes gave her superhuman powers. 69's Captain Marvel number 18. She officially assumed the mantle of Captain Marvel in July 2012 in an ongoing series written by Kelly Sue uh, DeConnick and illustrator Dexter Soy. So she's basically an Inhuman then. Mm. Cree DNA. Uh, well, Cree no, DNA in, inhuman Inhumans DNA. are not, cr- well, I don't know about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. In the comics, they're not in, in uh, Cree mixes. They're, they're the... They're experimentations that right, the Cree exactly. did. Right, yeah. But she, uh, Carol Danvers, Ms. Marvel, was like a whole encountered Cree technology, and there was an explosion, oh, okay. and that merged the genes. And oh, that. okay. What an amazing fuck you that was to DC to take over the, t- the title Captain Marvel. Very much so. Yeah. <clears throat> Very much so. Yep. I, always, I, I used to know that story. I don't know it anymore. Well, that's well, okay. Captain uh, Marvel DC was... fuck you'd Fawcett. Oh, absolutely. So, yeah. With Shazam. Captain Marvel was a, was a character... Before DC bought it, yes, it was yeah. a faucet. Yeah. Like Kay was yeah. saying, uh, and then uh, DC sued Fawcett because they said it was too much like Superman, uh, and won. And then Fawcett went out of business, and then DC assumed all the Fawcett characters eventually. Um, yeah, they they but bought him somehow for they let pennies the, on the dollar. Somehow they let the name Captain Marvel slip in. Well, I guess it can't because it, it can't. had been established before. Well, they just they they, they just, just, just they just let it slip. Because they weren't really doing yeah, they Captain weren't a big Marvel comics or anything. Right. Yeah, they weren't a Cap- huge competitor. Captain Marvel came out uh, years before DC started reprinting right. Shazam comics. In fact, I believe they started reprinting Shazam to start making the effort to protect the uh, the copyright, the right. trademark. I guess it's a trademark they're protecting. And I remember reading the federal court judge when when they had their lawsuit with Marvel was sort of like, well, why'd you guys wait so long to protect it? Or actually, that might have been the the lawsuit with Fawcett. Mm -hmm. I forget which. Because actually, I don't think DC won. I thought Fawcett was basically ruined fighting the suit. Mm. And they eventually gave up and just sold the DC because 
it was killing them. Hmm. Because DC did not I think challenge a uh, modern corporate. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. You yeah, know, it, it was it was actually it's funny. It's sort of like the James Cameron Terminator thing, where people don't quite understand, you know, the the full story, right? With what happened, and it's, I'll, it's, I'll expound. Cam, everyone's like, oh, Harlan Ellison saw Cam, uh, Cameron's Terminator and the similarity to two Outer Limits episodes. Demon he, with a glass hand. And he, and he sued him. And actually, that's not the case because if it had been left alone, if that had been the case, probably Cameron would have gotten away with it. He actually did a magazine interview where he was talking about Terminator, and he said... I basically just ripped off two Outer Limits episodes, Demon with a Grass, Glass Hand, and Soldier, mm-hmm. which deals with time-traveling robots and, you know, and, and, and saving humanity. And the, yeah, people, bam, yeah. the people who did the interview contacted Ellison and said, didn't <laughs> you write these? And, and that became the grounds of his suit mm-hmm. that never went to court. There was a settlement, which is why you see... Thanks to Harlan Ellison, inspiration from Harlan Ellison, or something like mm. that in the Terminator credits. Most of these stories. I didn't were, know oh, the story. The, I didn't yeah, either. Most of these stories where people are just, oh yeah, they sued and they won, but they, there's never it never gets to court. The pretty, suit is filed and then people settle. Right. I'm pretty. I haven't looked in a while, but I'm pretty sure I, I watched Demon of the Glass Hand on YouTube, and it's a great episode. It well, is. I have it on is. DVDs. It is. Watch that and Soldier, because Soldier is uh, is Soldier's the one where this the warrior from the future materializes in time in an alleyway, ah. and it, so yeah, I mean there are like some super parallels there, mm-hmm. so and stuff like that. Hmm. Hmm. So I'm curious who they're gonna get to play Captain Marvel because uh, she oh uh, she's already cast, isn't she? Is, well, mm, I know Ronda no. Rousey. I don't was, think she Rousey was campaigning was for campaigning it, for it, but the they turned her down. Man, the original Captain Marvel costume. The the guy? It, yeah. It was ugly. It was ugly. Oh, man. That's ugly. why they had to kill him. No, they actually <laughs> changed, they changed it. They changed it. The original costume was green and white. Yes. I do. I do oh, you that. mean in Marvel? Yeah. yeah. In Marvel. Yeah. yeah. And then, yeah, they went to hero colors. Because even the hero colors weren't, didn't look that yeah. good. Thank God they turned Rousey down because she cannot act. Anyways. No, you've seen her act? Mm-hmm. She's in, in uh, Expendables and all that. I well, thought she well, was no, okay. Well, no one can act in the Expendables. That's the, that's, oh, that's, that's, how, that's, how, that's how you get the, how you okay. get the job. She's also in um, what is it? Mission Impossible? No, was it Mission Impossible? She was in the last Fast Furious yeah, or whatever. The one before called. the one that just came out. Yeah, seven. I think it was whatever the seventh <laughs> film. Well, was. you don't Saudi have, security officer. You don't like have a, to be. You have to act to be in that one either. Yeah, she's like no speaking <laughs> role. It's just she's fighting. Uh, yeah, just she's not, wouldn't be a good one of the characters. Uh, okay. that part. I wouldn't know. I haven't seen her act. Adam McKay has signed on to helm a big screen adaptation of Mark Wade's irredeemable comic book for hmm. 20th Century Fox, which features a mass murdering superhero named the Plutonian. Uh, M- McKay was responsible for the script for Marvel's Ant Man and is currently reworking Ant Man and the Wasp. This will be McKay's uh, next major assignment behind the camera after his work on The Big Short. Irredeemable was Wade's creator owned title with art by Peter Krause. Published through Boom Studios from 2009-2012, told the tale of the Plutonian, a super-powered entity once thought to be the world's most revered savior, and his descent and transformation into Earth's greatest supervillain. So, Superman gone bad is the 
basic pitch line of this. I thought that was Man of Steel. <laughs> He's not, not here. that dark. <laughs> God damn it. It does sound like a good movie, though. <laughs> it, it's You know what? Uh, I do know that uh, Professor Biggs is a big fan yeah. of this. I still haven't read it, but it's such an intriguing concept. So it's, it was only a matter of time before someone right. decided to do this in some regard. And uh, the big short that he directed, that's actually that's a really a good, good movie, film. Yeah. Yeah, I, really I, good. I was expecting to like it, but I wasn't expecting to like it as much as I did. Okay. Uh, it's, it's, it's fun at the same time making you cringe at how ridiculous. It's, I, it's not even an exaggerated version of the financial happened. events that led up to the 2008 uh, stock crash. market and housing crash. But it's presented in such a way that you realize just how ridiculous everything was. And it, it that in and of itself is is horrifying and at the same time hilarious because you're sitting here going, they're hiring dumbasses off the street to sell mortgages that have zero experience with anything at all and these guys are making bank? Really? Uh, it just it's you have to see the film it's it's really yeah, good really and it's got an all-star cast too i mean you got christian bale in there you've got uh christian bale it's a movie about economics huh and anytime you can make a movie about economics interesting moneyball i guess is like that too yeah actually uh, draft day is good as well with kevin costner draft day is okay good. NFL version of Moneyball. Yeah, much. I know. Yeah. Oh yeah, that was yeah, that was pretty yeah. good too. I was I was surprised because I haven't liked a Costner film in a while, oh, and wow. I I caught it on HBO one night, and I'm like, you know what, I'll give it a shot, a and movie, I really yeah. enjoyed it. I was I was very surprised. My girlfriend hates Kevin Costner. Like to like you say the name and spit and bile come Ooh, out. Cool. Now I know yeah, what yeah, to do the first time I meet her. <laughs> <laughs> I love Waterworld. The <laughs> Dances with Wolves was such an amazing film. Postman, man. She Gotta does. Postman. And, and, and that's kind of the thing I'm weighing because she hasn't seen Man of Steel yet. And, oh. the, and, there's, and there's no better way of, of you know, ruining that movie. You know what? Before oh, wait, 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 wait. Wait, you could say, he di- well, he, he dies in the film. So. That might help. There you go. I'll, I'll, Spoiler I'll, you, alert. You know, you don't need to inflict that on her because you're the only one that likes it. Why risk it? <laughs> there you I go. I like it too. But here's the thing. <laughs> I am the silent man. I like it too. I just never speak she, up because Paul's like she wants to go see the superhero movies with me, and she, if she's gonna see the DC stuff, she's gotta you she's know, gotta be brought up to speed. If if she's dating a geek, she's does she? gotta learn to be a completist. Does a completist, she, does and she, she, and she also needs to learn how to hate things irrationally. Does, <laughs> does she? Need to, can you could you just show her the the man of the Superman Batman and skip that one and see no. what happens? No, Man Do- of Steel is fine. I... <laughs> Okay. Yeah. It is fine. Yep. It is fine. Guillermo del Toro. Oh, get off of Paul's dick. Jesus Christ. Over there. <laughs> it's, it's, it's the chair. Is he in a chair? It's the chair he's sitting on. It's what it is. He's literally sitting on Paul's It looks dick right like now. a chair, but really. Paul has become plastic, man. <laughs> he left well, a seven year old Snickers and just got petrified. Yeah. And <laughs> Extra nut. Oh, no. Just go ahead. <laughs> it's a baby Ruth. <laughs> Ooh. Sharp nut edges. They are more fun. Guillermo del Toro is a big fan of the horror genre. Not news yep. to anyone. He has collected a home's worth of figures, posters, art, and memorabilia. 
and now he's showcasing it to the world. I heard about this. Yeah. The director will be showcasing his horror collection in the Los Angeles County Museum of Art from July till November. Afterwards, the exhibit will be touring to Minneapolis, Toronto, Mexico City, Barcelona, Paris, and New York. So stay tuned to so, an art museum near you, Red so Nose. Road trip. Road trip, yeah. indeed. Yeah, I will go to L.A. before November to yeah, see this absolutely. because I've seen pictures of his place, and I want to get closer to all of that, especially his crotch region. I mean his whole, his <laughs> whole <laughs> hill thing. Whoa. No, I, I love that collection of his. So to be able to see some of it, totally on board. Nice. It's been rumored that Wolverine 3 will suck. Plans to follow in the footsteps of Deadpool with an R rating. Speaking to Collider during a junket for X-Men Apocalypse, producer Simon Kinberg officially put the matter to rest by confirming that. Quote, it takes place in the future, he says. And as you and others have reported, it is an R-rated movie. It's violent. It's kind of like a Western in its tone. It's just a very cool, different film, unquote. Are they doing Old Man Logan? Another major rumor that it sounds like Kinsberg is also confirming is the Old Man Logan story. Aha! Uh-huh. The fan-favorite comic series is thought to be the inspiration for the threequel, which takes place in a scary-as-hell alternate timeline. It's part sci-fi, part western, part horror. However, due to rights issues, there's going to be some changes to the tale, mm-hmm. as many of the prominent characters in Logan's Last Hurrah are licensed by Marvel and Sony. Um, directed by James Mangold, Wolverine 3 opens in the UK March 2nd, 2017, and then March 3rd, 2017 in the US. So maybe, maybe they'll get their, their ducks in a row. I don't know, no, man. It's, it's, it, it, it's in production. I, I can't production. imagine Old Man Logan with someone other than the Hulk or Hawkeye, yeah. for that matter. You need, you need those two to make it right. Yeah, you think, I do. I you do think, think the, the template that Sony and and Marvel Studios are working with with Spider Man will ever apply to Fox? It'd be nice if they did it, but this, the problem is Fox I think is both, in this trouble. Is, this is what I think Fox yeah. is watching. I think is they're watching to see that how next Spider Man. I think they're watching that next Spider Man. I think they're paying attention to how much money that's going to make, and that's going to inform that decision. Later maybe, on. maybe that'd be cool. Because if they were, if they would work that out for for uh, 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 Wolverine 3 for Old Man Logan. Well, here's the thing. It just seems like they would make so much more money if they worked together than working against each other. Right. It's coming out March 3rd, 2017. Yeah. That's right. less than a year from now. Right? Yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it's they're, already... They're, they're, yeah, it's... They're just doing, they're just doing post-production. Now. So, no, they're not going to fix all that by then. Um, Civil War. There are two uh, after credit scenes. Yes. Okay. I would expect the less. Stay to the very, very end, yes. Because a lot of of my audience got up and left, and I even heard people going, where are you going? There's another thing. Why do people leave Marvel movies before they... I I don't know. And and what's nice about Galaxy is usually when the usher comes in to go through the whole no electronics policy, they'll tell you now, Mm -hmm. there are two post-credit sequences. Make sure you stay to the very end. That's nice. Or, Or they will tell you... Ladies and gentlemen, I just wanted you to be aware there is no post-credit sequence, and we will so definitely be discussing one of those post-credit se- uh, sequences next week. Oh yes, okay, mm. definitely. Well, I better go see it then. Mm. Yes, yeah. you better. Damn right. Make yeah. sure you go see a galaxy. Get no respect. Twentieth mm. Century Fox has a new mutant movie in the works. Speaking of Fox, uh, with director Josh Boone set to helm the film, he may have just revealed which mutant characters will be part of the team. 
The faults in our star's director was tapped last year to helm and co-write the screenplay for the movie based on Marvel's New Mutants comics. Oh. It's an X-Men spinoff featuring a group of teenage mutants trained to become superheroes. Uh, the New Mutants first appeared in 1982 Marvel graphic novel number four and created by Chris Claremont and Bob McCloud. Boone released individual images of each Marvel character on his Instagram account before releasing the group shot. And if there's anything to go by, seems that Ilana Rasputin, Magic. Good. That's Colossus's little sister. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ronnie Sinclair, Wolf's Bane. Rain Sinclair. That's what I said. Yep. Danny Moonstar, Mirage. Mm-hmm. Sam Guthrie, Cannonball. Mm-hmm. That's Sam Guthrie. That's what I said. Uh, Roberto da Costa, Sunspot. Mm-hmm. And Warlock will make up the team of young superheroes from Xavier School of All Gifted those characters Youngster. were in the first um, 15 or 20 issues. They, yeah. they actually go into the, 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 the was it Was Ileana in the first 15 to 20? Somewhere in there, yeah. Because um, I think it's issue 27 or so that... Uh, Sinkovich leaves. Love Sinkovich's work. Do, do, do you know? Do you know Bill Sinkovich? Is he the one? Yeah, that he's, he's so an well? old. He's an old friend of uh, Todd's. <laughs> yeah. No, no. I mean, you know his work. He does. He does these weird, scratchy paintings. It's almost like Ralph Steadman is a superhero artist. I'd have to see his work to know. Yeah, sure. it, it's it's very it's very cool. distinctive. Yeah, but but, uh, he, but he did a whole run on New Mutants, and when he left, that's when I lost interest in the book. Yeah, well, Ileana was uh, a prepubescent child and then gets prematurely aged. And actually, uh, Jay and Miles do a great, do a great uh, explain the X-Men where they talk about Mm -hmm. that sort of thing and the new mutants. That is actually, Ileana is the character that made me stop reading X-Men. That made you stop reading X-Men. Okay. At the end of, um, what that was, uh, Inferno, they, they, they had aged her up. And then they de-aged her at the end of Inferno. I'm like, fuck this. I'm not going to keep following this back and forth That bullshit. I can't buy. Yeah, you know, the back and forth comics. No, no. Just was, stop I, that shit, right? Yeah, that was just the, the point where it had enough of the, of the, of the uh, weirdness of the, uh, of the uh, and new shared mutant. universe. That, that, yeah. I just do not like reading books with a shared universe where you've got uh, characters changing just because the writer's team has changed. Mm, yeah, yeah, I get that, but that's that's always going to happen. Well, not if you read, you know, non superhero comics or comics that are won by one creative team. Shut up, or, Andy. or just has a story. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. shut up, Andy. God Speaking of teenage toy mutant in there, lover. that trailer for the new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie was a lead into oh, uh, Michael Bay just die. I swear to Jesus. God, it is a fucking remake of Secret of the Ooze. Mm. Because she breaks in and gets the little mutagen, and uh, you see Casey Jones gets introduced. I mean, I'm literally, I'm like seeing all these elements. Casey of, Jones was in the first one, though. Yeah. Well, fine. But <laughs> did you like, see all these elements? They were giving me deja vu about freaking Secret of the Ooze. I'm, and a, I'm like, the only thing I remember about Secret of the Ooze. That was the second one, right? Yep. Uh, is Vanilla Ice. That's all I remember. Yeah. Wow, of that's right. He wasn't that ninja. Um, ninja rap. <laughs> did you see the on Chalk Monkey's Lair? Somebody posted the uh, trailer for the porn version of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I saw that they did, but I didn't watch it because the picture was disturbing enough. It actually <laughs> looks better than any of the pay movies. <laughs> yeah. Well, at least they used the body suits. I can get mm-hmm. behind that. That's yep. to me higher production value <laughs> and value for your dollar. It looks more faithful to the uh, source <laughs> right. than the baby. They did movies. use the body suits. 
Also, with X-Men First Class taking place in the 1960s, X-Men Days of Future Past primarily taking place in the 1970s, X-Men Apocalypse being set in the 1980s, only safe to assume that the X-Men film after that will take place in the 90s. Well, writer-producer Simon Kinsberg has confirmed in an interview with Coming Soon, quote, the next one is set in the 90s, unquote. There you go. <laughs> Not specified whether this is going to be Singer's X-Men or Josh Boone's New Mutants movie, though. All right. So... So I, you know, I never really pieced that they were doing decades until I, I read either. that. Um, I talked to a guy at the office today who actually saw that movie uh, yesterday. It's saw, an apo- saw apocalypse. Saw apocalypse. Yeah, uh, I've only seen a few reviews thus far. I don't really read them, but I'm just kind of getting some of the gist from it. Uh, that it's kind of a mess. His his big thing was like the the characters aging. It's like why are they not aging uh, you know, over so, decades? Yeah. <laughs> Well, if you're going to do decades, that is an issue. Yeah. And especially if you're... Go- yeah, because most of it's kind of like a nebulous time period that you don't know how long it's been after the other one, but... Right. He's, he's looking at... Uh, he's wondering what, why when Abe Xavier goes bald and turns uh, 30 years older than he is in the... Uh... Sure. Brian Cranston. Yes. Ronald D. Moore. Those are two oh, yeah. good names. Yes. I know this yes. one. This is good. And Michael Dinner. I love that name. He's the guy behind Justified. Okay. Are uniting to bring a 10-part anthology series titled Electric Dreams, The World of Philip K. Dick to the small screen. Uh, Sony Pictures Television and Channel 4, that's a UK broadcaster, have announced that they're partnering on the new drama series that will see Cranston not only star, but also executive produce. Is it going to be on Disney XD? Aren't they all? (laughs) Oh, if only. You can get away with it now. Well, I mean, we're we're getting extra dick. The X stands for X. The D stands for dick. Sorry, I'm sitting in the chair. I didn't think that'd do it. I'm sorry. That was X stands for extra. All the the Paul monkeys are crying right now. I know. I can can hear their wails. (laughs) Oh, those poor little ICS mooks. Gamey Mills, like, what the fuck? This show is (laughs) Austrian. Austrian gaming is just melting right now. Yeah, yeah. The original drama series was based on a the award-winning sci-fi writer Philip K. Dick's groundbreaking short stories. Each episode is set to be a standalone drama, adapted oh. and modernized for global audiences by a creative team of British and American writers. Nice. The series will both illustrate the writer's prophetic vision and celebrate the enduring appeal of his works, which include The Man in the High Castle, A Scanner, Scanner Darkly, and Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep, which became Blade Runner. The series, commissioned by Channel 4 and made by Sony Pictures Television, will make its premiere in the UK and be distributed for the international market by Sony. So we should be able to get to see it. Beautiful. Nice. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited about that. That's actually pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. That I, sounds cool. I, I haven't read many Philip K. Dick stories. Uh, Not enough Dick? They are Stigmata of Palmer Eldritch. I remember reading that. Now that's uh, some dick we can get behind. That's man. right. <laughs> they they are not. It is uneven. Some of the stories obviously uneven were, dicks. Really? Yes. No. Okay. Some of the stories are obviously tossed off to be the deadline. So not all dicks are the same. <laughs> yeah. Good to know. And, and some get tossed off. <laughs> yeah, there, there's some quality dick out there, but you got to pick and choose. IDW so cut just the tip of the the, the you, ow, you, ow. you never just <laughs> cut. do the tip of the dick. Okay. If you're going to do any dick, take it all the way through. All the way through. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> As Andy would say, balls on chin good. <laughs> so start at the top, work your way to the bottom. Oh Absolutely gotcha. balls on chin good. Yeah. 
and, and then just just and when you're done, just cradle the whole. Think thing. about okay what just happened. <laughs> and turn your head to the side and go, "Ooh, what a tea party!" <laughs> Somewhere, Paul is kicking himself, saying, "Why wasn't I there tonight?" No, he's, Paul's not listening to this. Come on. <laughs> yeah, really. you're right. You're right. What alternate universe do you live in? Next week, Paul's going to be like, it. "Oh, you guys did a show." He, he's not in it. He's not listening to it. I got you. He doesn't listen to the ones he's in. That's what I'm saying. IDW announced that it is developing Joe Hill's award-winning book as a TV series. That would be Lock and Key, Mm. with Hill himself writing the pilots and serving as executive producer. The 37-issue run by Hill, which won Eisner in 2011 for Best Writing, and artist Gabe Rodriguez was published between February uh, 2008 and December 2013, followed the history of The Key House a mansion that holds a portal to another dimension inhabited by demons and the Locke family who craft and possess the magical keys that can imprison or unlock the horrors within the house. There have been two previous attempts to adapt Lock and Key, first as a feature film by Dimension Films and then as a TV series by DreamWorks with the heavyweight trio of Alex Kurtzman, Robert Roberta Orsi, and Steven Spielberg on board to executive produce. I'm kind of glad that didn't have the version got as far as shooting an actual pilot in 2011 for fox which was screened to great acclaim at 2011's comic-con but the network ultimately decided to pass on the series now more than likely Mm -hmm. the property finally reverted back to idw and the company is taking the lead on reviving the project itself and will sell the distribution and broadcast rights to the highest bidder According to a press release, IDW is, quote, developing lock and key as a straight-to-series and will maintain worldwide rights to the project. Hmm. And also, on a side note, uh, Hill's new novel, The Fireman, comes out next week. 700-page monster tome of awesomeness. All right. I got that pre-ordered, I got, do you? I, I don't, because it's I have a Kindle. You just get it when you want it. You don't have to oh. pre-order it. Welcome to the age. Oh, I'm sorry. Would you like to borrow my MP3 player? <laughs> Although technically, I think you can pre-order it, and then it would just automatically download. That's exactly what it does. It. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but there, there's no boom right. Sure. It. No, but except there's except, no danger of it selling out. Except when uh, no when people ask authors, "How can I help you?" Pre-ordering what, what, pre-ordering is. They say the first thing they say is, "Well, you know, buy my books. Period. Right. Give them away. Do whatever you can. But if you can afford it." Buy the hardcover, and more importantly, pre-order. Yes. Because the pre-orders will actually excite stores and publishers. And also what you can do and should do, if you're reading, is put up a review, whether Amazon, Goodreads, wherever you feel like reviewing. Because good or bad reviews, it shows that people are reading the book, and publishers look at that. So give reviews for the books you read, even if you didn't like it. Uh, the fact that you're wearing the red—I know it just, <laughs> just, just really. I was going to say it, it makes this podcast hard to take seriously, and then I realized what I was about to say. <laughs> so I, I won't yes. say anything. It, it is, however, appropriate that he's sitting in that chair. Uh-huh. While he's <laughs> <laughs> I am sad though because I did miss my window. What? Because for a while, uh, Joe Hill had a thing on his blog where if you bought the book from this certain uh, bookstore on the East Coast. Uh, not only would you receive a signed copy, but you would also uh, be in the running to receive a signed copy of another one of his books. Mm. Like every so many ones sold, somebody would get another Joe Hill book signed, sent mm. to them. 
Wow. Including some, like, first edition, like, only 200 made versions oh, wow. of some of his stuff. Like, real collector's books. Nice. So I'm sad to miss that. But mm-hmm. either way, I'm glad that this book comes out. And Elizabeth, I'm jealous because I know you've already read it. Not you. Mm. Where was I at? <laughs> Joe Hill. Joe Hill. No, no, I've already passed that one. Oh. Ridley Scott. Ridley Scott. Great Scott. Is reteaming with the Martian writer Drew Goddard for a Western thriller called Wraiths of the Broken Land by S. Craig Zoller. Ooh. Zoller is the writer director of Bone Tomahawk. Oh. Which I absolutely love. Yeah, it was good. Which apparently is the 13th Boyer or something. Yeah. Well, you have to watch Thirteenth Warrior. No, we're having a party. We're, we're doing. Uh, that, 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 where's that party coming from? Paul. Uh, Paul. Uh, the, now it's a thing. The people. The people, people want it. People want. People the 13th demand the Thirteenth Warrior party. Pe- now people Give are demanding a commentary want. of yes. us watching Thirteenth yes. yeah. Warrior while it's happening. Yeah. Well, that that's possible. <laughs> we we have enough trouble getting together to do this on a weekly basis, <laughs> let alone get together to do riffing. I'm not and, saying it's possible now. It. The, the commentaries are, are, are forever. So right. that's that's the future. I'm talking future. That's like diamonds. Uh, not only is a Zoller... Okay, De Beers. Has, <laughs> Andy De Beers. Not only did he do Bone Tomahawk, he's also a novelist. And so here is the official synopsis of Wraiths of a Broken Land. A brutal and unflinching tale that takes many of its cues from both cinema and pulp horror, Wraiths of the Broken Land is like no Western you've ever seen or read. Desperate to reclaim two kidnapped sisters who were forced into prostitution, the Plugfords storm across the Badlands and blast their way through hell. This gritty, character-driven piece will have you by the throat from the very first page and drag you across sharp rocks for its unrelenting duration. Prepare yourself for a savage Western experience that combines elements of horror, noir, and Asian ultraviolence. You've been warned. All right. This was like written for you. After I watched Bone Tomahawk Mm -hmm. and I listened to the commentary, Mm -hmm. I found out he wrote that and I bought it immediately. Of course you did. So it's... But of course, like all the things I buy immediately, I really was reading something else at the time and then got lost in my Kindle somewhere. (laughs) But this reminds me I really need to read it. I like Weird West. That's that's one that I can get into. And yeah, that's boy, that's something that rarely gets touched. And so Ridley Scott is behind this with Drew Goddard of The Martian. And if I remember right, Drew Goddard also did Cabin in the Woods. That's a good one. And he's also the showrunner and wrote a lot of the episodes for Daredevil on Netflix. That's true. Oh, that's where I recognize the name. So yes, this is good pedigree. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Good stuff. Fits done well. You. Oh, Christ. Uh, How's the parking? On the nose. It's uh. And stare at him. Deer devil. Deer devil. Deer devil. No deer devil. Deer devil. <laughs> something there. We can say deer devil all we want. There's yeah, nothing there's, there. Deer there's devil is there. That gets creepy. <laughs> Jesus, stop. <laughs> Staring. You know what? It doesn't take much to make a creepy clown. Nope. <laughs> I've got one on my left. And that Jesus Christ! <laughs> that smile and those like eyes. Sharp teeth. Look at that. Yeah. Did you file those teeth? <laughs> I filed them under T for teeth. <laughs> and I just looked at the time. That is all the time we have. What? We didn't finish the news. We weren't going to. We I didn't had... even print out all the news. Yeah, he had like oh. ten pages of news at well, five yeah. o'clock. And I printed out eight. I've got four left. Oh. 
Wow. But that's okay. Wowza. There'll be more news next week, which we can just throw on top of this news. More news over, you won't give a shit over again. half a page if Paul was here. But this is true. We got through much more. <laughs> and no songs. Which a which, plus, you which, know, sometimes. A, a little thing. sadness. I like the song. Yeah. Uh, but you can bet that our live show at the Minicon on the 28th yeah. will be some news catch-up during yeah. that hour. So we will be doing a lot of news during that, of course, until we get waylaid by other things that, you know, ooh, right. bright, bright, shiny nickel catches our eye. and that Squirrel. Yeah. Squirrel. So until next week, I am Master Torgo. 80s I'm Jeff. The, I'm the famous. No, Commander wait. K. Wait. No, no, oh, Fact Check Dandy. That's it. Senile. Maple Leaf Matt. And we'll talk to you next week in Geek. Um, and you, you need to audition for it. Yeah, yes. yeah. There we you go. do. Y'all float. Give it a shot. Y'all float. Y'all I've float actually, y'all, y'all float. <laughs> y'all that's the, float. That's the Kentucky it. I've actually considered <laughs> coming as a clown for a Halloween party, but I've oh, been geez. told by the person who hosts a Halloween party that she will never talk You're, to me again and will kill me at the party. You are barred from clowndom. Yeah. And if you got something to say, write to us. Comments at uglycouchshow.com. So, Andy, Paulette is deathly afraid of clowns. So, if you want to come to yeah. game night, I uh, do it. I um. So, you, if you went as a bard, would you be the bard bard? Yes. Bard bard. It's a homonym, man. B a r r e d. B a r d. I liked it better when I didn't understand. I uh, <laughs> I had a. I, this is a really good nose, no, by the didn't. way. These you can get these for a dollar at Walgreens. Um, you get good nose at Walgreens, <laughs> but I, I had a I had a lesser nose at one point, and there was a guy who was deathly afraid of clowns, and he and he made and he said that in my living room with a bunch of people there, and I happened to have the nose nearby and popped it on and turned around, and he literally ran out my back door. It's a, it's a refined nose, not too precocious. It's a refined uh, fear. Yes. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> Just don't worry about you know waking up in the middle of the night when you're standing over you like this. Yeah. I drive home like that, Andy. That's what I want. I have driven around town with a nose. <laughs> what, what what I do love though is that the nav- the nasal aspect yeah. of the voice <laughs> kind of cuts into the fear. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm here to get you. Fear me. Fear me, human. <laughs>